Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode 43 of Points and Penalties. It's a Monday nighter. We'd like to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Josh, and with me are my co-hosts Peter, Jesse, and Kevin. Kevin, let's start with you. What are you drinking tonight? Well, I, uh, I'm actually going to give a shout out to this gentleman who, who uh, got this for me because I mentioned uh, I've had his beer once before, um, Dan from uh, Royal York Brewing. Um, he's the one who gave me this uh, selection. It's a Hollandaire Savador. It's the first Munich double Brock Breyer or beer. Try this sucker out and let's see how it goes. It's okay. It's not too shabby. If only you could see his face. If only you could see his it face. Is, uh, it's okay. His face didn't say okay. It's, it's okay. It's going to take a few drinks uh, for this to happen, but it's a 7.9%. It's, uh, you know, it's all right. Like I said, uh, a few uh, sips uh, in, it could get better. So where is this beer from? Uh, Germany. Oh. Yeah. Now I'm going to pass this on to uh, Jesse. What are you drinking? I am drinking Monty's Aged Rye Ale. It's from Tomorrow Brew Co. It's a strong beer, 6.2%. Not as strong as yours. Uh, it's... A smoky caramel vanilla aged in an oak wood infused with 100% Canadian rye whiskey, rich, <laughs> and uh, it has rye spice and smokiness balance out uh, mellow finish. It's pretty uh, pretty potent right now. What was Not, the percentage on it, Jess? Sorry, did, did just 6.2, but 6.2. it's just, yeah. It's still pretty strong, and you can. There's a lot of flavor going on here with the aged rye whiskey barrel that I was in, and the smoky caramel vanilla. The flavors are all over the place, but so far it's been pretty good. Peter, what are you having? Well, last week I was a bitch at seven percent. The week before I was a bitch at six and a half percent. <laughs> so I, I couldn't let that happen three weeks in a row so I brought up the big guns this week I'm having uh, Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye which is 45% but I'm having it not straight it's in uh, a bit of a modified old fashioned it's uh, it's a sugar cube muddled up some bitters about a quarter uh, soda stream and then the rest the rye it's probably all soda stream. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's just soda stream. It's, it's just soda stream. <laughs> it's about a quarter, but I'll even I'll give you half. I'll give you half and half. So at best, it's twenty-two point five percent. Fuckers. It's probably still less than that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you all. So Josh, <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> well, uh, Kev, like you, uh, I'm gonna give a shout out. A shout out to my old lady. She got me this beer. Uh, it is from Bellwoods Brewery at a teal, and it is called the Cat Lady IPA. <clears throat> it's uh, it's a seven point two percent strong beer, and uh, I haven't cracked it yet, so I'm about to right now. Let's see how it goes. 
Why am I not surprised Dana got a cat lady IPA? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck, that's pretty fucking good. It was probably Yosh that got it. Yeah, no, it probably. wasn't. Honestly, it wasn't. <laughs> she got me like the last four weeks of, of beers. So it was great. But actually, that's really good. I like that. I'm going to get that one again. And I just had my first sip. Damn. I mean, you're basically a cat lady, too. I mean, almost, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we got some drinks. Jesse's the bitch this week, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these potent races are getting tough. <laughs> That makes them makes the uh, episode more fun, right? We think it's great, but by the end, it's probably we're slurring our words and people yeah. can't understand what we're saying. Yeah, I'm the one at the end. Random, sh- <laughs> random fucking challenges and stuff, man. <laughs> Sounds great to us. Yeah. All right, Petey, you're up first. Start us off with some NHL stuff. Yeah, lots to talk about in the NHL this week. Uh, starting off with. Gary Bettman meeting with the Premier of Quebec to talk about the potential of bringing the Nordiques back to Quebec City. That'd be awesome. I would love to see that. So I used to, when I was much younger, be like a secondary fan with the Nordiques. But I was much younger. Ew. You can't be a <laughs> fan. We just want another team in Canada, but you can't be a fan. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be now, but I just like their logo. I think. You think they'll keep the logo? Do you think Colorado's gonna? Oh, they have to. They have to bring it back, even if they got a bare knuckle box with Colorado for the rights or some shit. For sure. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets came back, or I guess they have a different logo now. But um, did they not run with the original for the first couple of years once they moved back? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Would this be an expansion, or someone's got a? Well, we don't know. Yeah. So we don't know any of those details. Um, I don't think the league is looking at expanding anymore. There are 32 teams already, at least not immediately. That's pretty high. Uh, I would guess that it's probably more likely that it's a relocation. If it Arizona, probably. Arizona. Probably Arizona. But I don't think anything is happening in the near future anyway. These are just preliminary talks. Uh, But they've got the arena with the Videotron Center. And uh, so there's a quote from Quebec's premier, Francois Legault. says, you have to look to know who, who is ready to invest. We have an arena already built in Quebec City. And we are in contact with Commissioner Gary Bettman to find out what we need to bring back the Nordiques. Is this arena, like, up to date? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's, like, five years old. Seats, like, 19,000 people or something. Oh, like really? That. So what the hell do they have it there for? The fucking... Parts, whatever the Quebec's major junior team is. Major juniors getting 20,000 people? Probably not. Holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> like the odd down here is like 5,000, 6,000 people. Man. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's an old, old building, but still. Uh, yeah, no, I, I doubt they're selling out. But I mean, it's Quebec. You got work, you got church, you got school, and you got hockey. That's it. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And skiing and snow, and that's and, it. And some, and some maple syrup. <laughs> but it would be nice to see uh, get that that last team back in Canada again. Uh, so another team about to be sold, uh, but I don't think they're going to be on the move, although they might have been once upon a time. Uh, but the Penguins are about to be sold to Fenway Sports Group. 
the NHL just needs to approve the deal before it becomes final. Uh, the deal is reported re- reportedly worth over nine hundred million, and I think Lemieux and uh, I forget his partner, some the billionaire partners bought the team. I think for something like one hundred and seven million wow. a, a while ago. Um, so they're they're doing well. That's crazy. Good, good value on their investment. Yeah, no shit. It wasn't even that long ago that they bought, really. It was almost 20 years ago. Not quite. Was it? Oh, I thought it was just before Crosby, right? Just before Crosby. And I was going to say, like, without Crosby, how much do you think this deal is different? Because that team, if you remember, back in just before Crosby, that team was bankrupt and they were perennial losers. They hadn't, I don't know when the last time the championship was, I guess, when Lemieux was there. 93, uh, 92, sorry. 92, Would have yeah. been the last Penguins one. Yeah, but the team wasn't doing well, but they turned that thing around, and I'm sure Crosby and his three championships had a lot to do with that. I think they built a new arena, too, in that time. Yep. That, are, right. that arena is pretty sick, too. Yeah, been, right. yeah, me and Yosha have been there. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. We got shittered that night. That's I mean, I remember going to the uh, I remember going to Heinz Field, but we were a little bit more sober because we got so drunk the night before. <laughs> um, so Pete, to answer your question here or to throw my opinion, it's impossible to say because they still would have got those first picks. So even if they didn't get Crosby, they still got a number one pick. He's still going to be pretty good, right? I mean, Maybe he doesn't lead them to as many cups, but he very it, well could have been a nail Yakubov too, and fucking yeah, fair bust. You never know. Fair enough, fair enough. But I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be worth as much if they didn't win. What does Crosby have? Two or three cups? Three, three. So it wouldn't have been nearly as much had they not won those cups. Now, if they won cups with somebody else, then obviously that's going to increase the investment or increase the cost. But yeah, um, that's interesting. Actually, I heard that the Penguin or sorry, that Fenway Sports Group was looking to buy into or buy out MLSE. Really? Prior to the to this Penguin stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I did. Like I did hear that they approached the Penguins here like the Penguins were not actively looking to sell. Right. They were they were approached by Fenway Sports Group, and that's mm-hmm. what led to this deal. I didn't know MLSE was. Uh, yeah, I just heard or I just saw a headline, and I didn't really click onto it. I didn't. I was like, oh, that's that's crazy. And I'm like, why would you sell the biggest business in the fucking Canada? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like <laughs> pretty well one of them anyway. So, uh, but that's crazy. Now, uh, now LeBron's getting into hockey. There you he's go. into soccer. He's into baseball. Now he's in the hockey. Yeah. Good investment. Yeah, for sure. Wish I had some cash to put into a sports team. It only took 107 million 20 years ago. Where the fuck yeah. were you then? Uh, <laughs> I was looking at my empty bank account with $107 in it. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, some man that doesn't have an empty bank account but still couldn't afford 900 million. Mr. Connor McDavid 
uh, is clapping back at John Tortorella, uh, saying, I guess I sh- just have to shut up about this. And that was in response to being asked if he thought he deserves to get more calls. Uh, obviously, this is a... Uh, a little bit of sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> this is in response to Tortorella saying he had to shut up in ESPN's panel last week. So I like this. I thought it was a good little passive aggressive shot by uh for sure, yeah. McDavid there. That's not the not his usual kind of thing. It's good to see. Uh but in his defense, he's not in the top one hundred players for drawing penalties this season. Uh despite being because he's not getting them. Well, exactly. <laughs> but but he's Connor McDavid. He's the most dynamic fucking puck carrier in the league. If anyone should be drawing penalties, it's Connor McDavid. Should be. So. I'm yeah, you're not wrong there, man. You're not wrong there. I mean, he probably should be getting more penalties uh, drawn. And like I said, like a top 100 people, 100 players, that's, that's quite a few guys. You yeah. know, and for him to be outside of that, being the best, like I said, the best, he's likely the best puck handler in the in the oh. league. Like, yeah. the guy's hand skills are fucking unbelievable. Oh, it's insane. So, it is a it is a little odd that he's not getting as many calls. And I'm wondering if it's like the refs are like, oh, this guy's a fucking superstar. He doesn't need my call to score. You know that that type of thing. I mean, I hope that's not the case, but who knows what's going on there? Yeah. I mean, I remember them doing the same thing with Crosby. Too, they didn't call a lot of. He bitched a lot more than McDavid did too. So maybe that's why they weren't going to get it, give them to him. But they, he he thought he should have gotten more calls as well. I think he was probably right too. For some reason, the NHL has this fucking mindset where they don't call the penalties on the superstar players as much as they should. Uh-huh. I mean, it would definitely because everyone wants to see the power play for sure, and. They want to see the stars succeed, right? And Crosby struggled too with a lot of concussions that he got from some pretty yeah. sketchy hits sometimes. So, yeah. yeah, they just needed a bruiser on their team at that point. No one was ever there to protect them. And that's why I think hockey's like that is because they they they're still in that mentality that they you need an enforcer out there to not allow this to happen. But yeah, and if the refs would just call the rules, you wouldn't need. <laughs> It's funny, like you want more calls in your fucking league, and we want less calls in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's when you call the penalties, the the players will correct themselves, and it'll it'll only be a, a lot of penalties for a period of time until players figure it out, mm-hmm. and then you'll have more fucking Connor McDavid crazy goals because they aren't cheating as much on them. And it's good for the game. But what the fuck do I know? I'm just a guy with a microphone. Just need a couple of turntables. <laughs> waka, so waka, waka, waka. Uh, and a microphone. <laughs> 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 fucking back. Uh, so Kevin Hayes scores um, his first goal of the season and dedicates it to his late brother Jimmy by pointing up towards the rafters. Uh, after he scored, uh, his brother Jimmy, of course, passed away this past summer. Um, and this is the first time uh, Kevin has scored since then. So that was good to see. 
and good for the Kevin to have the shout out, shout out there to his brother. Where does he play? Uh, Philly, I think. Philly. Kevin's fucking new team. I was going to say, that would explain why I have no <laughs> idea who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a touching moment, I'm sure, for him. I'm sure there was a bunch of emotion there uh, from himself, and uh, hopefully that the uh, – Hopefully his teammates, uh, you know, pat him on the back and kept him, kept him going, push him forward and whatnot, and keep uh, keep yeah. doing you. You know, there's not much you can do about uh, somebody passing away, so yeah. keep keep on keeping on and and do your thing. So good for uh, good for Kevin Hayes. Yeah, and Kev's a bit of a grinder too. He's uh, not quite the caliber player that Jimmy was. So it's uh, him scoring is good. Doesn't happen often. Hopefully they kept that puck for him. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they oh, did. Oh, you better have. Uh, so in lighter news, Ryan Getzlav becomes the 92nd player all time to record 1,000 points. He has 17 points in 16 games this season. Uh, last season, he had 17 points across the full 48-game season. Shit. So he's off to a much better start this year. Uh, he's also the 45th player to ever record a thousand points all with one franchise. He's also the Ducks all-time leading scorer after passing Team Lusolani on October 31st this year. And one really crazy fact out of all this, the same night the Getzlav hit his thousand points, the Ducks won, and it was their 1,000th franchise victory. Huh. So a couple thousands happening on the same night. That's pretty cool. Huh. That's pretty wild. I was going to ask if he's still playing for the Ducks, but uh, you already answered that. So he is <laughs> so, indeed yes, he still is. playing for the Ducks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you know, when you hear the 92nd player, it seems like it's a ton of guys. But I mean, thinking about all the guys over the course of Holy. 100 years of playing hockey or however long it's been, you know, and so only have 92 guys to do it. That's good for Geslov. I always like Geslov. He's a, he's a great guy standing in front of the net. He did all the dirty work. Yeah, and he's he's still <laughs> at hands too, right? Him and Corey Perry were fucking unstoppable back in their day. So yeah, and on Team Canada, they played together on Team Canada, I believe. Yes, well. they in did. The they got a gold for sure. Yeah. On the grinding line of that team, <laughs> yeah, Corey Perry yeah, and Ryan Geslov. There was another guy on there too that was. That was a big name too. I can't remember it though. It might have been like Nash. Rick Nash or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it was. It have been Rick Nash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like the checking line, and they would just yeah. come out and just <laughs> no one would score <laughs> and throw the body around like crazy. It was it was good watch. That was the best line to watch. I thought like you had Crosby on it too. Like he I think he was during that time too. But that line was the best to watch. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Hopefully we get some more Olympic fun fucking next year. Uh, and Dion Phaneuf has officially retired. Ooh. Oh, that time. Now, when I saw I thought, this... I thought he was gone already, too. That's what I said. When I saw this, I thought, <laughs> Dion is still playing. So, no, he's not. He hasn't played since uh, appearing in 67 games of the Kings in the 18-19 season. So, you're... Your intuition was correct, though. 
Uh, he just never officially retired until now. Uh, but the Maple Leafs had a nice ceremony for him ahead of the Preds game. Uh, he was there with his wife and kid. Um, did a little ceremony about uh, his time with the Leafs and having a great career. Uh, his career covered 14 NHL seasons and 1,048 regular season games. He recorded 137 goals, 357 assists for 494 regular season points, and 21 points in 55 playoff games. And, of course, he was captain of the Leafs through some of their darker years, but but still a captain nonetheless. I always liked Dion, even towards the end when he was the pylon. Oh, fuck. I hate <laughs> one, man. I was one as a leaf. Like he was good just, at when he first started out in Calgary, but then one when he was in Toronto, it was yeah. And that's that's where he got the name fucking Dion Pylon. Pylon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think you're in a small group there that was the ones that liked him there, Pete. Yeah, I think uh a lot of people like you just think of sort of the end where he was the pylon and he was useless. Yeah, for sure. But his first couple of years there, I think was well, he was really good the first few years, yeah. Even with the Leafs, I mean. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the, the juniors, he was all right. I mean, he oh, laid yeah, out two fucking, bodies with one oh, hit. Yeah. He was an all-star with the world juniors. Well, that he was... would have been fucking massive compared to the other guys, right? Yeah, he was a big boy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For me, the best thing about Dion Phaneuf is Alicia Cuthbert. That's his wife, or was his wife at least. And I don't know why he divorced that. She's probably crazy. Hot as fuck, though. But what? I? I don't know. I think <laughs> she I made know? it around with a few hockey players. Uh, um, girl. Yeah, Avery. Avery, that was Avery. the other one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Avery. Sean Avery. I think so. I think she slept with him first, or or was married to her, or whatever, dating him. And because he said, I remember him saying something about his sloppy seconds that Dion was getting. <laughs> It was no different than uh, Gary Lehman and uh, Dave Anderchuk, because that also happened with those two as well. They ended up sleeping with the same chick? Uh, I think Gary Lehman slept with Anderchuk's wife. Like, well, they <laughs> were married? I believe so. And oh, then uh, that's, that's why a they, different. That's why they wanted them out. I mean, uh, well, Anderchuk right. either left um, to the Tampa at that point or Lehman left, either or. Or Lehman got fucking executed one night mm-hmm. and disappeared. <laughs> Where'd he go? Uh, Mamma mia. So, Penuff is retired. I don't think he makes a Hall of Fame. In fact, I'm pretty sure he won't. No, I don't think so. I mean, although it would be kind of funny if if they put, uh, you know, in like one of the Maple Leaf sections, if they just put a pylon in there. Be <laughs> fucking hilarious. Dion, <laughs> pylon, Number three on the pylon. And <laughs> Tape a hockey stick to the pylon. <laughs> uh, you guys are mean. But the Hall of Fame class of 2020 finally got enshrined on Monday night, about a year and a half later. Uh, so, despite being delayed by the pandemic, Ken Holland, Marion Hosa, Jerome again, like Kevin Lowe, Kim St. Pierre, and Doug Wilson were finally enshrined at Meridian Hall near the Hall of Fame on Monday night. Jerome Ginla was voted in first ballot after playing 1,554 NHL games, which he scored 625 goals, 
scored 1,300 points and won two Rocker Shard trophies, the King Clancy, the Art Ross, the Lester Pearson Award. And he was also a three-time first-team All-Star. Didn't he also uh, make the assist to the golden goal? Absolutely, he did. So Hall of Fame NHL career, followed by in Canada, playing internationally. He won two World Junior Championships, one World Championship, one World Cup of Hockey, and two Olympic gold medals. And like you said, Kev, he set up the golden goal in the 2010 Olympics. And everybody remembers the Iggy Iggy call from Crosby. Mm -hmm. Before he got the pass to bury the overtime winner. One other thing I'd like to point out about Iggy, when he was in Boston, when there was a snowstorm, he was being interviewed, and the person interviewing him had no idea who he was. Because oh. it was snowing, and he brought up, you know, this is this is nothing. I mean, growing up in Canada, I mean, there's a difference between our Canadian winter to a Boston winter or whatever else. But yeah, they had the person had no idea who the fuck they were talking to. Uh, they just thought it was a fan. No, just there's some like guy. someone off the street. <laughs> yeah, just some dude off the street. They just interviewed. I had no idea. This one makes all kinds of sense for me. For uh, sure. definitely deserves to be in there and first ballot. No oh. question about it. Great hockey player in all aspects of the game. Offensively, defensively, the boy could fight. They'd do anything. Do anything. I always liked Aginla. I hated when we played against him because I always figured he was going to score, which, you know, as a Leaf fan, that's not good. But, <laughs> but uh Watching this guy over the years was just just phenomenal. I, I always liked to get lost. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it shouldn't be understated that he was a real trendsetter for uh, for like black hockey players. Because mm -hmm. when he came mm -hmm. into the league, it was a mostly white man's game. Yeah, few and far between with uh, with any other uh, any other race for sure. Yeah, yeah. And he was definitely um, obviously a superstar and shows a generation of black kids that you can play hockey and be successful. Yep. And you're seeing it now. You're seeing the younger, the people that would have been kids at that time. Uh, lots more people of color coming into, into the NHL now, which is good. Yeah, no, he wasn't really much of a fighter, but he, he said he had to fight for his rankings to go up so he can become like a first rounder, second rounder, or whatever it may be. But his dad didn't like the fact that he fought, but he had to explain to him, if I'm going to make this league of the NHL, I'm going to have to fight. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it just shows a lot of heart, too, that if you're going to fight for, you know, fight for whatever reason, you know, whether you, some guy, you know, cross-check somebody in the back into the boards or whatever, and you're standing up for him or, or what have you, but uh like I said, he might not have liked it, but he was uh, he was always willing to step in there and go toe to toe with whoever. Yeah, just don't be uh, don't pull a Connor McDavid and try to get into a fight as a superstar and end up missing and hitting the glass and breaking your hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not smart. I mean, but he was a great leader as a captain there in Calgary. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think he's the best. Uh, brings us to Marion Hosa, who's also first ballot. Uh, so he won three Stanley Cups with the Blackhawks and was the first NHL player to reach three consecutive cup finals with three different teams. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, uh, I remember that. <laughs> he, uh, but he kept losing, too. I think he yeah. finally won the third one. <laughs> it was, was like... like, was it Atlanta or like not? No, it was not. No, I, think it was, it was, I think it was Detroit. It was Detroit. Or no... 
Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it was Detroit and then Pittsburgh or something like that. And then, and then the Hawks. Yeah. Huh. And I think it was like Detroit and Pittsburgh, and then they, I think they played back-to-back yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. And first year yeah, was on Detroit. Traded, yeah. Yep. yeah. Second year was on Pittsburgh, and they lost. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Or yeah. it might have been vice versa. It might have yeah, been backwards, too. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then he finally got it and got two more. So, yeah, absolutely deserving for Rosa. Um, his playoff production, too, you, like, obviously, with winning three cups and being the two others uh, cup finals. He's obviously a playoff producer. He had 149 points in 205 playoff games. And his regular season accolades are 525 goals and 1,134 points in 1,309 games. So, absolute playoff performer. I wish the Leafs could get someone like this right now so they could win a fucking playoff round. Even if it means losing in the finals, that's cool. Let's <laughs> get that monkey off my back. I mean, I'm sure Hulse is available. <laughs> Did you just say one monkey there, Jesse? I think there's several monkeys on their back. fucking pull tree of monkeys there. <laughs> yeah, I just get the one of getting out of the first round. No, okay. there's, that's what the tree is. It's full of those. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kim St. Pierre uh, makes it as a standout netminder for Canada, winning three Olympic golds, five world championship golds, and she earned best goalie honors at the 2002 Olympics, as well as world championships in 2001 and 2004. She also won the Clarkson Cup twice with the Montreal Stars of the CWHL and was named the league's top goaltender two seasons in a row. So nice to see another female get into the hall and absolutely deserving because she has more gold than fucking Fort Knox, it seems like. Yeah, she was lights fucking out, man. There was, yeah. you know, you never really, I mean, obviously people are going to score, but you didn't have to worry too much. There wasn't going to be a, there wasn't going to be four goals scored against her. That's for fucking sure. Not too often anyway. Yeah. At least in the, in the championship stuff, like maybe in the, CW or, or whatever, whatever but yeah. when it came down to it when she's got that red sweater on there wasn't a whole lot of goals going in not from what i remember anyway i, I was like watching uh, the ladies play and she was a great backstop for yeah them. especially against the states mm-hmm. <laughs> uh kevin lowe won six stanley cups five with the gretzky era gretzky era oilers and one with the rangers uh, and while he didn't light up the scoreboard very often as a defensive defenseman, he was certainly a leader on those cup-winning teams that he was a part of. And the Oilers also retired his number four earlier this month. Uh, so Kevin Lowe, obviously, six championships helps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're playing along with the great one as well. Definitely yeah, helps. yeah, yeah. But deserving nonetheless, even though he didn't have the offensive stats as a lot of the others and not everybody can score goals man not everybody can score goals somebody's somebody's got to play defense right so that's right and he was you know he was probably on he was probably paired up with paul coffee so coffee was out there scoring goals and he was like okay i'll just sit back here (laughs) you you go you you go yeah yeah. Uh, that's what i used to do i was like deline go 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 blake go i'll I'll stay back here at the red line Although I'm going to toss out a challenge. Wasn't Paul Coffey with the Islanders? No. Fuck yeah, I'm going to win that one. Eh, am I thinking of someone else? You must be. 
Yeah. Oh well, that's before my time. Yeah, okay, someone looked that up. Whatever. I mean, he may have, but I don't know. I I know. I'm pretty sure he played for. He played for Detroit at some point. Anyway, while the boys look that up, uh, let's move on to Doug Wilson, who was a bit of an offensive defenseman. Scored 237 goals, 827 points as a defenseman, winning the 1982 Norris Trophy. He was an eight-time All-Star and won the Canada Cup with Team Canada and finally was inducted into the Hall of Fame after being on the ballot for over two decades. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good to see for the uh, current GM of the San Jose Sharks to get inducted to the Hall. Pete, just to interject here, he looks like he played for just about every other team other than the Islanders. <laughs> God damn it. Edmonton for a bunch of years, Pittsburgh for a bunch of years, the Kings for a couple of years, Detroit for four years, Hartford for a year, Philly for two, Chicago for one, Carolina for two, and Boston for one. No Islanders there, buddy. Yeah, well. Finally got a fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> And Paul Coffey, he used to have a Nissan car dealership just right here in Kitchener, but now he sold it, and it's uh, it's not Paul Coffey Nissan anymore. It's just Kitchener Nissan. There you go. Boom. Bang. And our last inductee for the 2020 class as the in the builder category, Ken Holland. So the Red Wings won four Stanley Cups with Holland in prominent positions, one as assistant GM and three as GM. And they also won 10 Central Division titles with Holland at the helm, not to mention four President's Trophies. So obviously a very successful team with him at the helm. And uh, that kind of into the hall as a builder. Him and Scotty Bowman, right? Wow. Yeah, that, those Detroit teams are just... Time. Dominant. I mean, those guys just ruled. It was just amazing to watch those guys play. Or that era of uh, Detroit play. Well, fuck, they had a ton of good players, man. Tons of them. Like, Eisenman, Fedorov. Uh, of course, I'm <laughs> Igor Larionov. Like, yeah. there were so many guys. Hasek was there. You'd... Datsuk was there for some of that, I think. Datsuk. Zetterberg mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah, like lots and lots of guys. Even the fucking grinders with like Malpe and uh, McCarty. Ronick, like, not Ronick, um, Chris Chelios. Yeah, Chelios, well. yeah. Lots and lots of uh, good fucking players. So. Yeah, yeah. I remember they always used to battle with the fucking Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Oh, I love those. When I, whenever those two teams played, I had to watch. I didn't care what how late it was. I had to watch those games because you're guaranteed to see either a five, like a brawl. And it was just loved them. Yep. Well, a team I'd really like to see start a playoff rivalry by winning a series. Let's move on to the Leafs update. <laughs> uh, so they are now 13-6-1 on the season with 21 points uh, for second in the Atlantic. They're 3-1-0 on the week, shutting out the Preds and Islanders and beating the Rangers while also being shut out by the Penguins on Saturday night. Uh, and one of those least shutouts against the Islanders on Sunday is the first of young Joseph Brick Wall's career. Brick! Wall. <laughs> Love it. So that was good to see. He looked uh, much more calm in the net than his uh, first start 
um, which is good. So he settled down a bit in that, and uh, he put up a shutout. Now, the team played well in front of him, but still, a shutout in the NHL is not an easy thing to do. So hopefully he can turn himself into somewhat of a superstar goalie of the future. We can only hope. Yeah, we can keep Hutchinson out. That's that's just the, the main yeah, part. Yeah. That's uh that's all Kev cares about. Hutch is now the fourth string goalie. <laughs> so as long yeah. as I gotta agree with Kev there, like you know, this is guy. This guy's a young, is a young, pretty good goalie from what we've seen and from what his uh his junior career has been. So. I like it. I like that he's uh, he's pretty, pretty solid. And, I mean, he's obviously not taking Soupy's job anytime soon, but to be able to put a guy in there on Soupy's days off and you don't really have to worry about it too much. Like, sure, he's going to lose some games, of course, but if he can uh, if he can play solid and and whatnot, that's going to it's gonna help the Leafs' uh, confidence when he's in there. It's going to help his own confidence when he's in there. And maybe he'll, uh, like you said, maybe in a few years, Maybe he does turn out to be the starter. Who knows? Yeah. And it's nice to see the Leafs actually have a shot at drafting and developing their own goalie for mm-hmm. probably the first time since, like, James Reimer, maybe. Red Light Reimer? Really? Yeah. That's, actually, I don't think they even drafted him. I think he was a trade. I go, I go might go as far back as Pogi. Fuck Holy off, guys. shit, man. <laughs> Pogi was fucking garbage. Exactly. Because the Leafs fucked him up is why he leave Pogi. No, he was still garbage. Up. What about Tuca? Fuck off. Yeah, they traded him for Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> no, challenge. They didn't trade him for Kessel. Yeah, he's right. They traded him for Andrew Raycroft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did Kessel go along me. with that? Did no. not Kessel go along with that trade? No. Was no. It just he gave him like a bunch of first round picks. I'll look it up. Stuff. I'll look it up. <laughs> I I'm not going to win now. <laughs> Pete's like even, even, even. <laughs> Back to zero. Oh, bro. Yeah. So uh, the Leafs are actually doing much better this year defensively. Uh, they're winning low-scoring games. They have already matched the total wins, scoring two goals or less uh, with four wins this season that they achieved in each of the previous two full seasons. That was it. Was four, four wins when scoring two goals or less the past two seasons this year they've done that already so actually playing defensively responsible hopefully hopefully translates to some fucking playoff success went around but not to harp on that too much anymore Kyle Clifford is back on the Leafs that's awesome he's actually on the Marlies but member of the Leafs Leafs fucking organization and he is traded in exchange for future considerations, also known as nothing. <laughs> but it's good. Uh, so he had cleared waivers before the lease traded for him. So he's able to freely move between the NHL and AHL without having to go through waivers again. So that's good. And I think the move probably made sense for Clifford. Uh, just because the Leafs and their AHL team are in the same city. And he's just starting a new uh, family, I think. He's got some young kids. And he's from Ontario to begin with anyway. So I think it's... He's from Air, I think. He's from Air, yeah. Yeah. 
That's A Y R for those that A Y R. A year, a year. All right. So here's what I found. I got to read this little thing here. It says Leafs, Leafs trade Chico Rask to the Bruins for Andrew Raycroft. In June of 06, John Ferguson Jr. made a trade that Leafs fans will not forget for a very long time. He dealt his 2005 <laughs> first round pick for the 2003 2004 Calder Trophy winner. His incentive was that he possessed two top-end talent goaltenders in the future in Justin Pogge and Tuka Ross. Tuka Rask. He simply thought at that time Pogge had the better potential of the two. Boy, oh boy, did he and the Leafs management get that one wrong. <clears throat> Raycroft played one full season for the Leafs, putting up below-average numbers. Then in his second season in Toronto, he played just 19 games before being traded to Colorado. He was downright terrible in the Leafs sweater. <laughs> and it goes on to say that Tuka is pretty fucking good. Cups. All right. So this is actually it's kind of a good thing. Let's carry on here. But before we move on, I want to read some more of these uh, things. These things are pretty funny. <laughs> we might as well stay on the topic. So I, I still remember we used to play uh, road hockey and our buddy Rusty, he'd play goalie sometimes. And he would love to, he's a Flames fan, I think. So he would love to chirp as Leafs fans, mostly me. And Whenever he's playing goalie and he made a save, he would go, Raycroft! <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. he made a save or when there was a goal? <laughs> no, when he made a save. <laughs> but just because, uh, yeah, it would make more sense if it after a goal. But he just liked to chirp. Fucking remind us all about Raycroft. <sighs> all right, Raycroft. so I, I pulled up... Um, an article here that says the worst Toronto Maple Leaf trades. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just, I'm just going to go over a couple of these quickly. So Daryl Settler leaves trade yep. Settler to the Flyers for Rich Costello, Peter Ionek, and Ken Strong. So it says in January of 82, the Leafs traded their captain and best players to their Flyers for virtually zilch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was Bernie Perron. Leaf trade uh, Perron and Larry good enough to the Flyers for Bob Neely and Doug Favreau. It's fine, whatever. Those are a little older in my time. This is the one that caught my eye. Scott Niedermeyer. The Leafs trade the 1991 first-round pick to the Devils for Tom Curvers. In 89, the Leafs trade away that pick uh, for, for Curvers. Curvers put up 55 points in 89 games at Toronto before, before being traded away to Vancouver. Uh, Leafs were just straight up bad in 1991 and finished second last in the league. Lucky for them, Sharks were created, meaning the Devils would pick third instead of uh, second overall with the Leafs. But Jersey ended up taking up Scott Niedermeyer with that pick. Yeah. And so that's something that, you know, the Leafs could have had an absolute fucking superstar defenseman, but not to so much. And then there was a Tuka Rask one, so. No, that's number one for sure. <laughs> yeah, so those I thought those were pretty funny. <laughs> Just reading some of those. Uh, yeah, so Kev, you're wrong. My bad. Sorry. Sorry yeah. about your luck, bud. It's all good. Kev, I'm glad you're wrong, but that whole conversation made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hopefully uh, the Leafs continue their hot streak that they're on currently, and we never have to think about Andrew Raycraft again. Uh, upcoming week is a California road trip against the Kings, Sharks, and Ducks. And the Leafs are not playing on Saturday night for the first time this season. Huh. And also, all of these games are a late start time because it's in California. So, may or may not be catching much of the Leaf games this week. 
because it might be a sleep. And the highlights. And that's all I've got for the NHL. Why don't we dribble on into what's going on in the NBA? All right. So you guys remember, oh, I'm not sure when it was, but a little bit ago we talked about A-Rod bought the Minnesota Timberwolves with another uh, big baller money guy. Um, and so he decided that he was going to have practices at his house in Miami. He's got a court in his, uh, in his house or just, a, it was an indoor court. So anyway, so because of, of Alex wanting to, to have these uh, practices at his place, the Minnesota Timberwolves were fined $250,000 for holding those off-season workouts at his house in Miami. They did this in September. So the reason being is teams are not permitted to conduct workout sessions or practices during the off-season outside of their home market. So they have to be in Minnesota uh, during the off-season to, to practice and whatnot. Uh, now, during the season, you can practice anywhere because obviously you're going to be in other buildings and whatnot. So... Um, so Alex Rodriguez, uh, he fucked up pretty early in his uh, in his ownership tenure, and uh, and the, the team had to pay up 250k, which even for for Rodriguez himself is uh, is not a whole lot of money. But uh, I just thought it was pretty funny that he's you know six months into it and he's already gotten a fine for being dumb and having guys practice at his house. Oh. I'm not surprised by that. I mean. Him getting a fine with six months into his in, as his being the owner of the Timberwolves. <laughs> I don't necessarily know if that's on a rod. It's like his he, house. I know, I know. <laughs> fair, fair enough. But like the GM or fucking coach or some, he shouldn't have to know that that's a rule. Somebody yeah, should have said, enough. no, 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 you can't do that. There's a rule. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there you would think of each team would have a rules person, right? Like, yeah. oh no, you can't do that. No, you yeah, can't. They got. They'll have legal for sure. Yeah. Or like say if this is okay or not. He clearly did not run it past them. So and the I think a lot of it has to do too with the insurance, probably. Like if he gets hurt on a different court that's not insured, kind of thing right. like that. And because like you said, it could just be anywhere in Minnesota. It would have to be in that market, I thought it would, right? So oh, I thought it would have to be at like a team-owned place or something like that. Cause I know that's kind of how the nfl was right you can't be practicing at certain places with coaches and everything yeah. like that yeah i remember that from earlier in the season they said that for the nfl mm-hmm. so nfl is a little different too because it's much higher contact oh well, yeah for sure like you well, well, they're out here playing street ball. NBA <laughs> 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 streets. <laughs> call, call your own foul. Call your own foul. <laughs> it's like the longest yard when Michael Irvin is fouling Adam Sandler all day. He's like, just, no, man, it's clean. It's clean. It's clean. Just throwing bows all day. <laughs> yeah. well, all right. The Phoenix Suns. They have won 12 straight games. They are 13 and 3. Second best record in the league behind Golden State, who is 15 and two. And it's the first time since 2010 that they have won 10 plus straight games. And that was back in the day with Stevie Nash. So the Suns, uh, they didn't, they weren't, you know, so hot off the, uh, off the start, but they've really uh, brought it back. And they look like uh, at this point, at least they look like they're going to be, a tough, uh, a tough team down the stretch here. And not that we're getting into this stretch run yet, but 
uh, down the stretch and, and again in the playoffs, I'm going to assume I'll go on a limb and say they're going to make it. And uh, who knows? Will they make the finals again? It's obviously hard to say at this point, but they're looking good. And uh, I mean, when you got CP3, Devin Booker, and uh, DeAndre Ayton there is back now. So they're uh, solid players on a, uh, a good foundation in Phoenix there. So good for them. What's your hot take there that they'd make the finals or the playoffs? Just the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, that's a, fucking, it's not really a hot that's, take. It's just, that's it's a just room a take. temperature lukewarm. It's take. a take. That's for sure. <laughs> it's a take. Oh. Now, I talked a lot about Steph Curry last week, but I got some more stuff to add. Might as well. Yeah, I figure you might as well, right? So he has scored just over 399 three-pointers within the last calendar year. Uh, I say just over that because I forgot to add last night's uh, three points to this, which he played against the lovely Raptors, and the Raps got fucking dummied. Yeah. 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 So Steph had one. So he's got 400 even 400 even three-pointers within the last 12 months. And that is the most ever in NBA history over a 12-month, any 12-month period, like consecutive 12, 12-month period. Yeah, that has a bit to do with COVID, though. You think? Because they played, in the, they played into the summertime, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess so there might be a little bit. Yeah, he may have played more games than than the last guy. Because this was a shorter offseason, yeah. right? Fair enough. I guess I didn't think about that, but but didn't they start later awesome. too? Didn't they start at like they start they they didn't have as many games for sure, but I think because of the bubble and everything like that, they crammed in a lot of. I think they crammed in a lot of. It feels like basketball's been going on constantly. I'm alright with that. At least I know it's it's good. I just it it just it, it just that's the why I think that's happened already because like so that 12 month period is at the end of the no- November then that he still has to go uh, no, I, it said there was still a month and a half left so it must be going until the end of December so, right so that probably has something to do with a little bit of the uh, pandemic yeah. involving but still I mean, a galaxy brain at Jesse yeah <laughs> Let, let's put it this why, way that's why I'm here on let's talk. put it this way by the time he's done December he's gonna have I don't know, 450. Another record. So that will for sure be a record no matter what. <laughs> so. yeah. Another record that's going to be retardedly hard exactly. to beat. So he became the – was, they were playing the Cavs uh, last week, I guess, um, which makes sense because that's what we're talking about. Uh, so he is the first player in the last 25 seasons to double up an opposing team in points and assists in a fourth quarter. So Steph scored 20 points and two assists. And the Cavs had eight points and one assist in that fourth quarter, which is wow. crazy. <laughs> like that is just nuts. Uh, he just went off. He had that was he had forty that night, and he had twenty of them in the fourth quarter. Wow, oh. that's wild. And then through fifteen games this season, Curry has eighty-five threes, three point made shots which again most in nba history through 15 games and that one you can't blame on covid jesse <laughs> yeah 
No, man. I, I blame it on that uh, three-point line. Isn't <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Uh, and then the last thing here on Steph, uh, which is more just about the Warriors, but the Warriors are the only team in the NBA to score 100 plus points in every game this season so far, and they're averaging just under 114 points per game. Well, that's pretty impressive, especially with how the refs have been calling a lot less fouls, too. So, and that's, that's and awesome. they don't have Clay still. Yeah, yeah, they don't have clay. So Jesus. Now, this team, yeah, I think that was that's quite the um, the take that you had at the end of season saying that they'd win. I know. Best, <laughs> best in the league without 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 clay. Yeah. Jesus. And so what I've heard, uh, what I've read is that clay should be back before Christmas. So that's still a good long portion of the season to go for him to. What was his injury? Why is he being out for so long? It wasn't it during the Raptors. Uh, was it like an and then, ACL or something like a sprain or like, he must have hurt himself? He must have fucked himself real was, bad. I'm pretty sure it was a leg yeah. injury. I just don't. I don't know if it was the ACL or if it was an Achilles. It wasn't a sprain like either. It was would have been no. if it was Achilles. It would have been completely ruptured. And if it was an MCL yeah. or ACL, it would have been probably completely torn for the amount of time he's been out. So, mm. but I, yeah, I agree. I think it, I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, it's a leg of sorts. I'm like 99% sure. But yeah, they probably will just like take their sweet time with how they're playing right now. Well, yeah. Giving no them point back. rushing them, right? No point rushing them back. Okay, we're going to go move on to uh, Pete's Charlotte Bobcats. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I should just become a Bobcats fan. Just oh, for should. a fucking Charlotte fan. For a fucking whatever. Well, you know what I'm trying to say. Fucking... If you say Charlotte. Hornets. Hornets. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to do it again at some point. I think you I think you could call them Bobcats just because it's running a joke. At this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> New listeners won't get it, but fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they go back and listen to all 43 episodes, then it'll be good. Yeah, we appreciate you. No, just, just got to go back and listen to the inside jokes. Yeah, before. listen to every episode. I'm talking to you, new listener. Twice. Listen to it twice. Yeah, and download, subscribe, like, whatever. <laughs> All right, so the fucking Hornets, LaMelo Ball. On Friday versus the Pacers, he had 32 points, 11 boards, and 8 assists. And that uh, means he becomes the second youngest player in NBA history to lead both teams in points, rebounds, and assists. The only player to do it at a younger age was Luka Doncic. And this guy has been, I mean, I'm I'm sure it was episode one. We took it out of the show because the show was hella long. And we're like, who the fuck is LaMelo Ball? But we we had a little segment about LaMelo. And I kind of wish we would have left it in there because it turns out that he's pretty fucking good. <laughs> and, and if I'm not mistaken, it was his dad in the, in this first episode, his dad, Lamar, or sorry, LaVar was, was bitching and moaning saying that LaMelo needed more playing time, more playing time. And I'm pretty sure I said, just calm yourself, LaVar. He's a fucking rookie and he'll get his playing time when he gets his playing time. Turns out he was rookie of the year. And yeah, you fucked yeah, that for one sure. <laughs> he's been fucking great. And I actually, I like watching him play because he's, he's a really good ball player. So 
and he's going to be good for uh for a lot of years to come and don't be surprised to see uh to see mj build around this guy for sure if i mean he already's a starting too so and i mean and luca you know being the young the only younger guy to do it is uh, not half bad either not half bad either no well he's a mvp candidate Absolutely. So, so it, him to be talking, uh, being the second person to do this or second youngest to be doing this is impressive. And maybe he'll start getting some MVP talk, maybe not this year, but next year or something like that. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Now, did you guys happen to see the Lakers Piston highlights? Oh, for sure I did. All right. If you guys haven't seen it, make sure you YouTube that shit and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> because there was a scuffle and a half. Oh, buddy. So our boy Lebitch James was ejected for just the second time in his career after hitting Isaiah Stewart in the face. LeBron was ejected early in the third quarter after drawing blood from Stewart's face. What happened was they were, uh, they were boxing out for a rebound. LeBron's left elbow and hand made contact with Stewart's face while they're all tangled up. And... I mean, LeBron says it was unintentional, but shit. Um, it looked guys, unintentional to me. Well, I mean, I think maybe the elbow was unintentional, but the follow-through with his hand that smoked him right in the face. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was uh, – I mean, LeBron has never really been a dirty player like that, but that's a dirty fucking play. So yeah. it's fucking – his eye or somewhere around his eye fucking exploded and he was bleeding like crazy. His fucking blood all over his Jersey. Um, and, and Stuart had to be held back more than once to keep him separated from LeBitch. And it was funny. So he would, everybody would hold him back and they'd stop him. And then he'd be like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then everybody would let him go. And then he fucking, and he would run around everybody and try and get at LeBron or, or at one point he was trying to get a Russell Westbrook. And he just, he basically just wanted to fight somebody because he got fucking nailed in the face and was, was bloody as hell. And I don't Five know. Stitches. Yeah. Five stitches. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I've ever seen that much blood on a basketball court before. Well, uh, and, a, and a busted up lip too. This guy had, yeah. I mean, he wanted at him in, in, a, oh, yeah. in a bad, bad way. Yeah, it's so a bad way. It was pretty funny. I was gonna put this in my penalty box, but I didn't know who to who to actually put in there. Like, do you put LeBron in because maybe it was un- unintentional, maybe it wasn't, <laughs> or do you put Stewart in there for like constantly running after? Oh, I'm telling yeah. you, this yeah. guy was sprinting around the fucking court trying Stewart. to get out of. Gotta he be. at one point, he at one point says, "Okay, you know what? I'm calm. I'm calm. Yeah, good. It was fucking funny. It was um, great." It was great. So 2021 number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. He plays for the Pistons. He had 13 points, 12 boards, and 10 assists in this game uh, to become the youngest player in Pistons franchise history to record a triple-double. So a little bit of uh, history in this game as well. And then afterwards in the post-game press conference, uh, Russell Westbrook (laughs) is talking about it. And, uh, you know, they're asking him questions and whatnot. And basically they ask him, you know, what, what happened? Why did you get a technical foul? And he goes, who got a tech? What? I got, got a tech. tech? And, uh, and they always have the stats all sitting in front of them, right? So he's he's like, 
he's doing one of these, like looking back, he's looking up, he's looking back, and he's all confused. <laughs> he's like, I got a tech. What did I get a tech for? <laughs> so, and I was watching it. I couldn't figure out what the hell he got a tech for either. <laughs> and so he's all confused. He's all confused. And then the next reporter's like, so Russell, uh, have you had a chance to speak to LeBron about the uh, the whole scuffle and whatnot? And he's like, he's still looking down. He's got this still confused look on his face. He looks up and he's like, no, I haven't. He's like, I'm still trying to figure out how the hell I got a tech. <laughs> it was fucking funny. It was so uh, funny. So you know, a little bit of a uh, little bit of a beating there that Stewart took from uh, from Labitch, but maybe Labitch to get into the MMA as well. Then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> next thing you know, I mean, Stewart ran through like a bunch. Oh, of Oh, but he looked like, like a linebacker. He signed up just, for like the NFL. Oh yeah, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ! There's no one that could hold him back. You see Casey freaking out, going, "I can't stop him. I don't yeah. know what to do." <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was pretty funny, man. Like you know, whether it was intentional or not, it, you know it was a shitty situation to get fucking elbowed in the face and then punched in the face and all in the same split Mo- second. Motion. But, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, his reaction, I mean, I would probably react the same way, but I mean, eventually you just got to calm the fuck down. Like, but they play again too. Don't they play they again, play again on this coming Sunday? They play again in LA. So it should be quite interesting. It should be a game to watch for sure. So now speaking about LA, they will be playing at the Staples center but it's not going to be called the Staples Center for too much longer. I believe it's going to start next season, or it might just be 2022, because it's obviously uh, the home of the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Kings? I'm pretty sure it's the Kings, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, uh, the WNBA team is there too, whatever their name is. Uh, I think they're the Sparks. Yeah. yeah. So... Lots of teams playing in the Staples Center, but as I said, it's going to be renamed the Crypto.com Arena. So Crypto.com is paying $700 million over 20 years to rename the building. Uh, many fans are calling this the worst name ever, and it's an insult to Kobe's legacy. So the question here is, do you guys think this is a big deal, renaming the arena? No. I think it's no. dumb that fans are complaining. It was the Staples Center. That's not fucking anything to do with Kobe. It's just a fucking brand name. Mm-hmm. And it's just, this is what it is, man. It goes to the highest bidder. Yeah, I agree, man. Like, I didn't like when it went from the ACC to the Scotiabank. I didn't like when it went from Skydome to Rogers Center. But it is what it is. Will I call it the Crypto.com Arena? Probably not. It'll probably always be Staples, Staples. Center to me. Yep. Just like it's always the Skydome. And it's I still call, hey, let's go to the ACC, you know? Or, hey, where's that concert? Oh, it's over at the ACC. Like, it's, you know, it's definitely not Scotiabank Arena for me, and it's not Rogers Center, and it never will be, just like this uh, probably won't be for me. So I agree, Pete. I think it's stupid. His legacy has nothing to do with the building name. name. Sure, it has something to do with the building. He, he yeah. was great in that building. His, his, uh, his, if his number is not already up in the rafters, it will be. And to me, that's good enough. I don't, who gives a fuck what the name is called? I mean, it doesn't make sense to even bring Kobe's name into it, but like it is like it hasn't even been around that long. Like say like so for the NFL, like Soldier Field or uh, the Lombardi, like or not Lambo, Lambo, Lambo. Um, Like if those changed, that would be a lot different because those have been around forever. 
but so the the Staples Center has only been around since like the 90s so late 90s I think too so it's not that big of a deal I think it, 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 whoever wants to pay that money can get that name well, right and they definitely paid well over enough for that's it that's the whole so. thing right it's like it's whoever comes up with the most money that's all it is mm-hmm. just want to point out that Scotiabank Arena costs more to name than the Crypto.com Arena did did it really? yep Wow. What did uh, Scotia pay for? 800 over 20 years. Wow. They got ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think the Staple uh, Center was a lot bigger than, than well, for sure. There's the ACC. Four professional teams <laughs> playing out of it. Like, that's, that's crazy. Not for long, though. The Clipper yeah, leaving. Yeah, yeah. Clips are moving, yeah. Yeah. But the other three won't go anywhere. Right. I wouldn't think like the WNBA team, the Sparks, they're definitely not going to get their own arena. Like, you know, and the Kings aren't good enough at this point to go get their own arena. So, you know, to, to fill two arenas type thing, you know, if the Lakers are playing at home and the Kings are playing at home, there's no way that they fill them both. So, yeah. Now another funny thing here, and again, Russell Westbrook. So he was being interviewed. Uh, this is a totally different interview from uh, from the. I got a tech. Who got a tech? I got a tech. <laughs> <laughs> totally different uh, interview. It was a press press conference, but uh, so they asked him, uh, "What do you think about the new name, the Crypto.com Arena?" And he goes, "What did you say? It's called the Crip Arena." <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I saw that, I was in another thing. I'm like, oh, "This Russell Westbrook. He's got jokes, man. He's funny." So I thought that was pretty funny. The you know bloods and the crips and it's the crip arena. So I, I thought that was pretty good. Just a little added the uh, thing there. He really it didn't really seem like he gave a flying fuck on uh, on what this is called. So and really you shouldn't. <laughs> like what I what I want to know is like so what do these fans want to name it like? You know. Well, the fans don't exactly get like you want they to do. call it like they do. Kobe they Court, seven hundred million dollars. I mean, Kobe's Court would be kind of cool, but you could still call it Kobe's Court in the Crypto.com Arena, you right? Know? Like, I don't know. I mean, is it an insult to Shaq too? Then, you know, I don't know. It's just odd. Or magic? Yeah, I mean, exactly. No, like, no, definitely like, not magic. Like, 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 like. Well, no, no, but like what I'm saying, like because Magic had played there, like what would when they changed it to uh, the Staples Center, isn't that the right? Same kind exactly. Of argument? Yeah. Well, they call it the house that Kobe built, though, because he, for whatever reason, because he won all the championships there, and yeah. I think I think it basically opened in his rookie year, close to it. Yeah, something to that effect. Yeah. So, no, I mean it. It kind of makes sense, but like, get over yourself. Kobe was a yeah. great fucking basketball player, but. This is, it comes down to cash. It's all it comes down to. I'm sorry about yep. your luck, you know. The I mean, almighty if, dollar. Yeah. If Vanessa uh, Bryant wants to throw 700 milli at it, then they can name it fucking Kobe Arena. Kobe's know, house. She ain't going to do that. So, no. <laughs> not after, uh, not after cutting ties with uh, Nike with, uh, with Kobe's shoes. So, yeah, no one can get those anymore, eh? They're all um, big, huge, you know, apparently huge. It's really, I mean, really tough to get them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, either like they're sitting there, uh, the trainers are looking back into the old cabinets and try and find some. And they luckily had the next player that had a bunch of Kobe's that no longer played for them and then ended up transferring over to some other dude. 
But yeah, no, they're they're scarce to find in the NBA right now. Just in, anywhere, they're hard to find because yeah. all these big ballers are buying them up because they're they don't make them anymore. So right. This brings us to our Raptors report. They didn't have a great week. They were uh, out west all week. They lost at Portland, lost at Utah. They did beat the Sacramento Kings. And then, as we mentioned earlier, they lost to the Golden State Warriors. They are now 8-10 and 10 on the season in 12th place in the East. And basically, the Raps are coming down to reality from their hot start. We thought, holy fuck, these guys might be better than, uh, than we think. Not so much. They're, uh, they're still not horrible. Uh, 12th place, they're still within striking distance of that play-in. Uh, I know it's too early, but uh, I can't see them finishing above eighth let's put it that way so i mean this coming week it looks good though for us this is a coming week it doesn't look too bad they got memphis they're at memphis at indiana and then at home versus boston and then i believe their next game which is the following week there uh it's against memphis again i'm not sure what whether it's in memphis again or if it's at home probably at home but uh, i mean we could get three wins right there we could we could i mean we beat Indiana both times about uh, two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, Memphis, as long as you can keep Jaw in check, I think you're okay. And Boston's Boston, right? They're they're hit or miss. So Boston, they gotta do better and not fucking triple team Tatum. Because they, I remember watching that game because that was when they were on that hot streak still, and they kept uh, three people would converge on Tatum so he wouldn't get to yeah. shoot. But they leave everyone else open all over the fucking yeah, floor. You can't leave Kemba Walker open. And, you know, Marcus Smart is uh, pretty good too. So you can't really leave him open. I don't think he was playing Smart, in that. Game, oh, he might not have been. No, he might not have been. But. Walker was definitely killing yeah. us with the threes. Corner yeah. three. Corner <laughs> three. Move that three line back. Or three. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's pretty much it for the old NBA, the hard court. And in just a couple seconds here, we're going to get into our MVP. So this week's MVP might make some Bills fans a little upset. Jonathan Taylor, Colts running back. Sets a Colts franchise record with five touchdowns against the Bills. He scored five touchdowns, four rushing, one receiving. Became the first Colts player to ever score five TDs in one game. Taylor rushed for a season-high 185 yards and added three catches for 19 yards to his tremendous performance. For NFL research, he's the fifth player with 200-plus scrimmage yards and five-plus scrimmage touchdowns in a single game in the Super Bowl era. Joining, and catch this list, Jamal Charles, Clinton Portis, Sean Alexander, and Jerry Rice. Damn fine company to be in. Entering Sunday, the Bills defense had allowed the fewest total yards and points per game than any team in the NFL. Josh thought they were the best in the AFC. They were. and buffalo had also given up just five total touchdowns to running backs all season until facing taylor who doubled that in a single game it's wild this like he's been playing lights out 
and he was coming when he was coming into the draft he was supposed to be like zeke-esque but because he came from a running team they didn't think he would have it in wisconsin and now he's showing he can do this and i think he's a former track star track star as well he's in pretty good this year for sure Mm -hmm. especially against the bills defense nobody saw that coming the Bills, like I said, the Bills defense have been great. And then this. And then plus they lost against fucking the Jags. It was a frustrating day for me yesterday. I got Josh Allen in the fantasy and I was screaming and yelling. <laughs> I'm like, another INT? <laughs> oh, it was not yeah. good. He was yeah, hot garbage. Also, the uh the Bills need to get their shit together. He needs to get his shit together and need to get back onto some winning ways. But we're not talking about the Bills. We're talking about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, so Taylor topped 100 yards from scrimmage and scored a touchdown for the eighth consecutive game. Mm -hmm. That's consistency. So that matches an NFL record set by Lydell Mitchell of the Colts in the the 75-76 seasons and matched by the Chargers' Ladanian Tomlinson in 2006. Now, I don't know who Lydell Mitchell is, but I know Ladanian Tomlinson was – pretty much the best back of his era. So that's great company to be in. And I guess he has a chance to break this record next week. Yep. I mean, like there was Alvin Kamara scored six touchdowns last year, but before that, the next person that scored five, I think was Jamal Charles or not Jamal Charles, uh, the Ravens running back. Jamal. No, Jamal. Damn it. I can't remember his name. He was a big guy. Jamal Lewis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a big guy, too. But, uh, yeah, he was the last time after Alvin Kamara scoring last year, six touchdowns as Jamal Lewis. And I can't remember when he went and what year it was with the Ravens, but he got it then. And with after this week, he also becomes the leading rusher for the league and leading touchdowns. Which is, you know, that's that's great and all, but that's fucking crazy that that uh, Derek Henry's been out for a couple weeks and until this week was still leading in rushing. Like that's fucking nuts. Yep. And then Tennessee's falling apart without him. They sure are. They sure are. I mean, falling apart might be a bit steep. I don't know. They may have, they may have played down to their competition seriously. <laughs> Tannehill threw four picks. Yeah. Playing down to the competition. <laughs> yes. Three of them in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, Playing down to the competition. Sure, it was raining, but still. It was Houston. Oh, they yeah, got a bunch yeah. of practice playing, squads out there. Playing <laughs> down <laughs> to the competition. Fucking Houston. Well, yeah. I, I uh, forgot to say at the very beginning, boys, about my Cat Lady IPA. I only have one of them, so I have to bust out another type of beer for the second half here. And uh, I'm going with an old favorite. Kevin, you brought these over. I'm busting out the old MVPs for the second half, boys. Yeah, bro. Wow. They still make those? Yep. (laughs) Just don't get them for free anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So, to Jonathan Taylor for a historic week and for some serious consistency. You're our MVP, and uh, cheers. 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 Jesse, why don't you tell us uh, what else is going on in the NFL? So we'll continue with the NFL and another team that's been depressing for just for, for you. us. <laughs> uh, Kevin's lock, 
the Rams lost on the Monday nighter, 31 to 10, got trounced. Didn't I say they were going to lose? Stupid 49ers. I mean, like, I was pretty worried. I didn't bet anything in this game because I was just like, I know, like, this is like McVay's kryptonite is is, uh, Shanahan, right? So it was, this was the fifth game in a row that they played against them and have beaten them, so. I mean, if we're going to talk about a team falling apart. Yeah. They, they're seven and three, just like just like your guys. So I bet they get their shit together this week uh, with a bye week here, and I bet you they come out and fucking dominate this coming week. Yeah, well, I hope that's what I'm hoping right now. I think losing Robert Woods was huge because if you saw that game, Odell didn't play much, and when they try to force him the ball, Stafford threw an interception, and it was to Jimmy Ward. It was. <laughs> Back-to-back drives. One of them was a pick six. And the f- the second one was a drop pass. The Higby dropped it, and it went right into the hand. Well, it bounced off his hands and went right into the hands of Jimmy Ward, and he returned it for a pick six. And the thing about Jimmy Ward, this is coming into the game, the two interceptions in 85 games and none since 2016. So it's he's not been that great at intercepting balls and – and the offense just gave it up, and Stafford didn't have a good game. He missed a bunch of players, and but there were a lot of drops. I still think this falls on McVay's shoulders because he barely ran the ball, and that's all Shanahan did. <laughs> he set a goal of 40 carries before the game even started, and he exceeded that with 44 <laughs> with 100, for 156 yards because he knows that to beat McVay, you just got to take the ball out of the offense and – leave your the defense on the field for as long as possible and the defense was pretty good against the run even though it was 156 yards it was still a lot of totes the Debo did a lot of the damage well so did Elijah Mitchell but he kept the he didn't have that great of an average to begin with but it was the third down I think they were perfect in third down conversions in the first half they finally got a stop in the, in the third quarter so some of it relies on the defense, but most of it is, I still think, McVay for this offense being as slow as it was. And on the first drive, they had an 18-play, 93-yard drive that took up 11 minutes and three seconds of that clock after the Ward's uh, interception. So it was technically just like a – they call it an arm punt, but it was on second down. It wasn't even on third fucking down. So. <laughs> They essentially, I, I don't consider that an armpit. I'd consider that a huge fuck up. He was throwing a double coverage to Odell, who stopped running. He didn't know, he didn't think he was going to throw him. He saw that he was double covered. That was a bad pass, man. That was a terrible pass. And Cooper Cup was opening up too. So I don't know what he was thinking. He's going, going back to his Detroit days. Goff or uh, Stafford was. Oh, I was like, <laughs> uh, who are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you watch more of him than me, so you might be right. And then there was a questionable call again. It was going into the half. They tried a fake field goal on a fourth and eight from the 17 with 18 seconds left in the half. And then they only completed a two-yard pass to Kendall Blayton and came up well short. So it was just embarrassing. I'm pretty sure I turned it off after the third quarter. It was Couldn't watch any more of it. Yeah, I was cursing the storm. So was I, bud. So was I. But I decided to save my sanity and just be like, we got to buy next week and hope everything gets right after this. 
And hopefully Odell knows the playbook by now. I mean, it's definitely good timing for your buy, if nothing else. The problem is we're going up against Green Bay. So, and they just lost to Minnesota, right there, Yosh? They sure did. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Minnesota. (laughs) Fuck the Packers. Can't believe you took the Packers and they didn't even win for you. I know. That, that must just fucking, you must feel that right in the stones. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was excited that they lost, but I was <laughs> not excited that I lost. So. All right. So I'll roll into another team that took a pretty big loss as well. Thursday night, the Patriots stomped the Falcons 25 to nothing. Yeah, just joined the Raiders already. <laughs> They're not doing that good either. Now. But Mac Jones threw a 19 yard scoring pass to Nelson Aguilar for the only offensive touchdown of this game. It was a Belichick game. That paid, like just defense, run the ball, and they got a they got a defensive touchdown as well. And the funny thing that happened after this was the Falcons used three quarterbacks. So they took out they took out Matty Ice because he was doing a pretty Bad. Did he throw two picks? Yeah, he did throw two yep, picks. Yep, he did. And then they put in Josh Rosen, who has been jumping around the league as a former top 10 pick. He was pretty garbage. And then they went with Felipe Franks. But didn't the second guy throw up two picks? I don't think so. I think he just did one. Just one, I think. Yeah. Okay. But the, 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 the third guy that they put in, did he not throw two picks? No, I think there was only four picks total. Two by Ryan huh. and, and then one by huh. Rosen. But either way, all our quarterbacks are shite. <laughs> You're not wrong there. They're, they're testing them out, that's for sure. So, yeah, the Falcons become the first team since November 12, 2000 to have three QBs picked off in the same game. It, was, <laughs> it last occurred when San Diego's Jim Harbile, Ryan Leaf, and Moses Morano through interceptions and a 17-7 loss to the Dolphins. Ryan Lee. I was just going to say that in the <laughs> same voice. <laughs> Imagine taking Ryan Leaf when you could have had Peyton fucking Manning. Oof. Oof. Yeah, this is uh, that's pretty tough for uh, for the Falcons. I mean, they haven't been uh, too too good at all this year. They, you know, they had a few good games, but this is a tough one, man. That's you bring in all your quarterbacks, they all throw a pick. You get shot out. That's tough. Well, I mean, it's against a Belichick defense, too. But Ryan's missing Ridley because he's taking some time away to mm-hmm. for mental break. Russell Gage isn't doing them much any favors. It's only really Cordell Patterson. And he's hurt right now. Is he? Mm-hmm. Well, see, and that's why there was four – interceptions in that game yeah for sure for sure all right we're gonna move on to some signings uh so new orleans qb Taysom hill signed a unique four-year hybrid type of contract extension that could be worth between 40 million dollars and 95 million dollars hmm. and it all depends on the position that he plays so it includes a 22.5 million guarantee with a lot of incentives if he wins and holds on to their starting quarterback job in the near future. 
So I believe like he's either considered like a, like a tight end hybrid or a quarterback. So it all depends on what he's going to be playing to get that 95 million. So yeah, if he wins the starting QB job and plays well enough to stay on top of the depth chart, he can earn up to 23.75 million per year, which is pretty average for a starting quarterback. It's the average depth. It's not like he's a superstar or anything like that, but that's still a lot of money for to be paying a quarterback. But I've never seen a, de- a deal like this before. Never even heard of this kind of a deal. So essentially, if he comes away and he plays more tight end over the next four years, he's going to make closer to that $40 million plus, you know, incentives, of course. But and uh, I'm sure that some of it's performance based. But then if he ends up being that QB, he's going to make upwards of that 95. Right. That's pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty cool contract for him because he's kind of it's one of the only players that is like this. Like he's can you think of anybody else who can. Like, sure, guys can do what he can do, but can they throw the ball as well? Like, he's not a great throwing quarterback, but. I mean, the only one I would think would be would, would be Newton. That would maybe get kind of this kind of a deal, but. Yeah, but can he catch the ball? <laughs> like, we know yeah. Hill can catch some balls, you know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it, you might, he might be able to do it. We don't know. We haven't seen him do it. We haven't ever seen anyone do anything what Taysom Hill is doing, right? So, it's. It's just a weird, weird contract. It's it's strange that anyone would even offer this. Like usually, you want like special players and everything like this, but this is just kind of out of left field. And he he is a he is a good player and everything like that. But you you also don't want a quarterback, even if he's not starting, if he's like your emergency quarterback, like taking those shots too. Like he, if you've seen him run, he runs hard and he he takes a lot of shots. So it's. It's really strange. And he's had a mixed bag. He's never been able to hold on to a starting gig going back to last year when Breeze was hurt. So we'll we'll see how that works out for the Saints. I know, Kev, weren't you going to be a Saints fan? Maybe. He was going to (laughs) try, but we ixnade that pretty quick. You can't go in the division. Exactly, man. That's just wrong. Yeah. Like, I can't all of a sudden become a Packers fan. No, that's just even though you picked them. Hey, I can pick them to win. I just can't be a fucking fan. <laughs> You're just going to get fucking made fun of here for picking against in your division. It's all right. I don't mind. I was the last guy to pick. I didn't have much to fucking choose from. Well, pick faster. I know. Yep. Yeah, there was actually a lot to pick or a lot of time to pick this year for or sure. this week. Until Cap picked his, I fucking completely forgot. <laughs> so did I. And I was like, oh, shit, right. So we're going to go into a couple other Eagles signings. Cornerback Avante Maddox agrees to a three-year, $22.5 million extension with thirteen point three guaranteed. This is solid for him. He's more of a slot guy. So this is pretty average for a decent slot guy, and he's having one of the best seasons this year. So, And I think, yeah, he was definitely going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So they got this. And then the other – Eagle that signed was Dallas Goddard. He agreed to a four-year, $57 million extension through 2025. That includes $35 million guaranteed. And with this extension, Goddard makes makes him the third highest paid tight end in the NFL based on average annual value with 14.25. You're placing him between Baltimore's Mark Andrews and Kansas City's Travis Kelsey. San Fran's George Kittle remains the highest paid tight end at the annual average value of $14 million per year. So my question here is, why are they signing 
Dallas Goddard for four years instead of Zach Ertz. Like, obviously, Zach is in Arizona now, but. Well, that was the whole point was they would trade him to make room for Goddard, right? So you think Goddard is going to be better than Ertz? I mean, maybe through 2025, but. Well, this is this is the first year that they're he's playing without fighting for reps against Ertz too, right? And what are his stats like? Like, are they shit hot? Like, they're pretty good, but they're yeah, they're nowhere close to those three players. Right, that's what I'm. So they're they're playing paying for potential at this point. I suppose, yeah, yeah, and they've got a lot of wide receivers right now with Devonte Smith and Jalen Rager, who hasn't really been that good, but they they got a lot of weapons out there, so they wanted to keep him, see how he goes with Hurts, because this is the first season with Hurts still, so. At, at this point, his value for that kind of money, it doesn't make sense. So I kind of agree with you on that point, but they're going for potential. So who knows? Who knows if it'll actually work out or not? But right now, he's nowhere close near putting up the numbers that these other guys are. So yeah, you could you could definitely argue this is not a great deal. It's a lot of money. Next year, the cap will go up. So. And it'll get easier going forward, but yeah. I'm trying to think of another huge tight end deal that's going to come up real soon, but and I can't think of one. Because maybe Waller. Yeah, I don't know when he's going to be a free agent or not, but that's I would think he's going to probably top these guys because he's put up that production. Or he'll at least be at that 14 to 15 mil. Yeah, he'll be in that group for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess you've got to look at the age too, right? I mean. Eagles are at this point, at least offensively, their weapons are all fairly young guys. So it kind of makes sense, I guess. Like, is Goddard's got to be younger than Ertz, right? So, oh, yeah. He's yeah. He, he's just finishing up his rookie deal. Yeah. So he's this is his first extension. So he's going to be going on for so a while. I'm sure that probably had something to do with it as well, based on, you know, Ertz theoretically at whatever age he's at is probably coming down the hill as opposed to going up. That's what's been happening the last two years. And he did, I believe he scored a touchdown uh, this weekend with, with uh, Colt. I think Colt McCoy. I think he scored more than one because he put up a ridiculous amount of fantasy points in some leagues. So well, you might be right. I just yeah. know that he scored. Yeah. One. <laughs> I don't know how many, but it, I think in a couple of leagues, I've, I saw that he scored like 30 points. So that's, he's got to have more than one TD there, but I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure. He's not, he's not going to get a lot of yardage. He's, he's a yeah. red zone. He's team. a guy who'll get you, get you the red zone and he'll get you the third down, but he won't be getting a lot of yards yeah, for sure. All right. And then another big signing. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Just 88 yards, eight catches and two TDs yesterday. So holy, that's that's pretty good for a tight end. That is very good for a tight end. He led the team, not in receptions, but in uh, in yards. But primarily, like you said, just red zone target for sure. So the Broncos sign Cortland Sutton. They reach a four year agreement on an extension for worth sixty point eight million, and it has thirty four point nine million dollars guaranteed. Now, this is uh, following a 1,112-yard season in 2019. The 26-year-old missed all but one game in 2020 after suffering an ACL tear. And he's returned this season, starting all 10 games for Denver, catching 43 catches for 617 yards and two TDs. So, like, he's been okay. And really, like, his deal isn't too bad. 
it's for a solid number one receiver. So this, this deal makes a little bit more sense and you don't really want to separate him and Jerry Judy just yet, because you could have a good duel right there with those two. Plus they still have Tim Patrick. I don't know when his deals up, but, and they also got KJ Hamler, but he's out for the season. They got a, they got a lot of receiving guys up there. Cause they also know a fan, yep. but they have no quarterback. I was just going to say who's throwing them the ball. <laughs> yeah, they've been searching for a quarterback ever since Peyton Manning left. Right. So yep. hopefully they, they find one coming soon. Cause they're wasting. It seems like they're wasting a lot of prime years and a lot of young talent there on the offensive side of the ball. For sure. All righty. So let's get into our locks of the week here. Yeah. Peter took the Chiefs over yeah. the Cowboys. And the Chiefs D hold off Pe- Prescott 19 to 9. I thought this game was going to be a shootout. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. I think Michael Irvin said there was going to be uh, 114 points scored in this game. Man. So, so he he thought it was, I mean, obviously it's a little excessive, but he thought it was going to be a shootout too. Man, there it's not the Rams versus the Chiefs. <laughs> oh, here we go. Man, that was like the best game ever. 250 burgers. Uh yeah, so this game was to me like I I, I actually betted a lot on it and nothing came true because Mahomes wasn't even that good. And that Chiefs D, I did not expect that to do that. Prescott was just horrible. He had like two interceptions. I think two fumbles. I think he lost one of them. Like it was, it was bad. It looked it, what this reminded me was Prescott of what I knew about him before uh last year. Like I guess it would be the 2019 season. Yeah, he just kind of has one of these dumb games where he just does stuff like this and against a defense that is garbage really now they have been doing pretty good as of late they did pretty good against the raiders but the raiders have been really just terrible against everybody in the last two weeks the offense can't seem to go without gruden there it would seem now in prescott's defense he didn't really have much of his receiving core either right like so cooper was out and uh why was he out i think covid yeah he got covid yeah yeah he's unvaccinated too but then uh, uh, CeeDee Lamb was knocked out of the game at some point too. So he – and probably for – he was gone for at least the full second half. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when he was knocked out of the game. But uh, so, you know, that's two of your – those are your two big playmakers uh, at the wide receiver position. So, you know, but at the same time – like And Zeke got hurt too. I think Zeke only had like nine fucking touches, like nine, nine running touches. Yeah. Something stupid like he that. He got like, hurt. That's not enough for him. I think he came back in later, but he got hurt yeah, really, he really early. So he was playing injured, even though that's probably why he had such little touches too, right? Yeah. So yeah, you can you can agree that there was not a lot of offensive talent around there. Still had Pollard, Gallup, but it's still the Chiefs defense. Yeah, for sure. Which, like you said, is crazy because they're not known for their defense. Mm-hmm. So. And Mahomes wasn't that good in the dealer. Was through another interception. So, so Peter gets a point there because he picked the stupid yeah. Chiefs. I went with the revenge game for Panthers versus the football team. I picked the Panthers. You could call it a revenge game for either Ron Rivera or Cam Newton. His first start back after signing with the Panthers. 
And Washington ended up winning. It was a good game, 27-21. After Newton connected on a 27-yard touchdown pass to McCaffrey, which was a damn great pass. Like, yeah, it was nice. I, I couldn't believe that Newton made that pass. Uh, to tie the game up midway through at 21, or through, midway through the fourth quarter at 21, uh, Heineke led Washington to, into Carolina territory beyond a scrambling fourth and two completion to tight end John Bates and a first down run on a bootleg. Now, before this, it was third and 21 because and he just got sacked on the second down and it literally looked like he was gumpy. He got folded like a lawn chair <laughs> and, and he came out and he hit a, I forget who he hit, but he got to that fourth and two. So he got really close to that first down marker and then he scrambled out on his whatever rubber leg that he had because like it looked like it was rubber after it bent that way and he hit the guy it was a great play this guy is he is playing all heart and uh i was pretty was pretty upset because we could have easily gotten the ball back there it felt like and yeah it set up the panthers with a joey slide go ahead 36 yard field goal with four four minutes and 13 seconds left in the game and then they went for it a fourth down Cam Newton, he got sacked, and then they kicked another field goal, and then he was going down the field, and he ended up not not getting it. But it was it was a good game, but sucks that I didn't get my win. I have been very impressed with Heineke since, uh, I guess, the playoffs against Tampa. He has been pretty fucking good, and I just I didn't think he was going to do anything. You know, he's was a backup, and then came in and. He's been, uh, I wouldn't say he's been lighting it up, but he's definitely uh, exceeded my expectations. He's, he's playing competitive football because that team's supposed to be a defensive team. Mm-hmm. And that defense has not been playing up to what it should be. They lost Chase Young for the season a week or two. Montez Sweat is out too. Is he? Yeah, he's been out for a couple weeks. Yeah, so this, this defense hasn't been that good. Obviously did enough against Cam. But I thought Cam looked good in this too. He looked comfortable being back with the Panthers. So we'll see going forward if he could continue this. And well, and it helps helps to have McCaffrey back too, right? Well, that's the thing is they're so they're so McCaffrey dependent. And I think they want to go away from that a little bit to make him last throughout the game. And so they should because he's gotten hurt big in the last both both this year and last year. He's been out for you know, multiple weeks. He's so. been having a lot of hamstring issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, just like you. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, Cav took Baltimore over Josh in Chicago. Yeah. Fuck, I thought I was getting a W, boys. Fuck, we were so close. So close. Was, that was, this was another good game. It was boring for most of the fucking, the whole time. There was not a lot going on until, uh, surprise, surprise, Andy Dalton came in. Yeah. Yeah, he had a hell of a game. He did. Uh, yeah, he had a 49-yard to a wide-open Marquise Goodwin in the closing minutes. Uh, Justin Fields left the game with injured ribs. And then Baltimore answered with a 17-yard drive. Freeman ran it in after Huntley's 29-yard pass to Sammy Watkins, put the ball at the three. And two Chicago receivers went over a hundo. With Andy Dalton throwing the ball. Yeah. Godwin and Mooney. Holy yeah, shit. It is, it is wild. 
I I, I kind of was scouring to see if there was like a statistic that they would throw out there the last time that had happened, but I couldn't find anything. <laughs> 1980. <laughs> <laughs> I would think it would be with Cutler. They're like I now Sean Jeffrey and maybe someone else. Maybe Forte had 100 yards receiving at some point. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of dump off passes and he bunch runs for miles. Yeah. So this game, this was Chicago's game. They had it, and I can't remember who the player was now, but he had an interception, and it fucking hit him, and it popped off of his hands and hit the ground, so it just was ended up being an incomplete pass, and then I think they scored right after that, and that was it. If he would have just held on to that fucking ball, Chicago would have won this game, and uh, Kevin would have taken an L, but instead he got a W. Yeah. And so they said that Fields, uh, he has like a, some bruised ribs or something to that effect. And I just got a notification before we started the show that uh, Red Rifle's starting on Thursday. It's, are they playing Detroit? They must be playing Detroit, yeah. That'll be a fun game to watch because... I'm, I'm taking Detroit to win. You're a lock? <laughs> lock if, you take, yo, if you take Detroit as a lock, I will take the Bears as my lock. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I don't think the point spread yeah. Will be uh, yeah, the point spread has, yeah. Well, Chicago's on has it's gonna be within four and a half. <laughs> Chicago has had two receivers with a uh, a hundo, so it could it could have pushed them pushed them <laughs> over that that four and a half mark. It's at three and a half right now. Oh, look at that! So, you know, if, it, if it's at three and a half, if it's at three and a half, three and a half. Dallas. It's Chicago. I'll, I'll, I'll take Detroit. It's Chicago Detroit three and a half right now, but but either way, it's yes. still three and a half. So you're taking Detroit. I'll, yes. I'll take. I'll take. I'll lock it right now. Fuck it. Right. If it's if it's if it's supposed to if it's if it's where it fits where we're supposed to have it. Hey, it's Monday. We're we're all, we can them. pick on Mondays. So yeah, yeah. I'm just stating if it's there. All I'll right. Take if you got the Leos, I'm locking the Bears in then. If you're taking the Leos. Okay, so Kev, you need to come over to Yosha's place then on Thursday. Fuck yeah. And I'm I'm going to be there, so you might as well come and fucking watch the Bears destroy the... the (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I saw... They got to win win one. I mean, I I can't consider a tie a win. (laughs) It's not. They're going to have to win one eventually. So, and it would be fun to sit there and watch you, watch it being done to the Bears. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it wouldn't. So I saw some meme, and I was going to mention this earlier when you were talking about the Rams, but it was like... I don't know. It was like, it was Jared Goff with McVeigh, and they had whatever the record was, it's, right? He like hasn't a bunch got, of wins. He hasn't gotten a win without McVeigh. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it was a bunch of wins with Goff with, with McVeigh, and then, you know, obviously some losses. And then it was like Goff without McVeigh, 0 8 and 1. <laughs> it's in the teens. Funny. I think it's almost in the, in the 20s at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was. I was trying to find it earlier, but I couldn't find it. And I thought it was pretty funny when I uh, when I saw that. Oh yeah, I've been keeping track of that counter going up this year. Fuck! So I get to lock in my bears for the second time this year. I didn't think I was going to happen more than once, but I'm excited. They're, they're both against the Lions, though. <laughs> well, it's a fucking Thanksgiving blunder bowl, boys. <laughs> I mean, at least it's better than something that's going to be lopsided. Yeah, that's true. They actually should all be half decent games this year, this uh, this Thursday. Bears, Leos, Raiders, Cowboys, Bill Saints. Yeah, shouldn't be too too but bad. The, I believe the Cowboys. I want to have Cooper. 
depending on what happens with Lamb, because I, I yeah. think Lamb had a concussion, and then whatever's wrong with Zeke. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Right now it's right now it's seven points for the Cowboys. That's the spread. Seems like a lot. You know what? While we're at it, I'm going to go ahead and lock in the Bills. Oh wow! Who are they playing? Four and well. Who are they? Yeah, four and a half Saints on yeah. Thursday. So we're getting our locks in on Thursdays. Look at this. Oh man! I think they're going to have a big bounce back here. I believe in those Bills. Oh, I agree, Pete. I think they're going to fucking. <laughs> they can't go anywhere. Bounce. But up from losing from the Jags and getting destroyed by the Colts. Kev, are you sure you don't want to take the Falcons? They're playing the Jags on Sunday. Detroit's <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to basically I mean, win one. So I'm some style. I'll just take it. I'll take it. I'll still got left. I'll, I'll take Detroit. What's the spread there? That's that's a maybe that's a bad one. One for the Falcons. <laughs> Oh, that's money in the bag. There is three blunder bulls this fucking week. So this is the Bears, Lions, the Falcons, Jags, and the Jets, Texans. <laughs> Good old blunder bulls. They're the best. When is Tua supposed to come back? He's, he, he's, guy he's already back. He's already big. He's already yeah. back. Yep. He's, he's, the, still, oh, he's still know. shit. So got the W yeah, W versus <laughs> the Jets. The one thing about Tua though would probably make some shit that the guy's actually prominently right-handed. So why are you throwing left-handed? Yeah, if you're, that's what I don't like, understand. You do everything lefty except for throw baseball and golf. So what the fuck? Like no, I hit right-handed golf. I that's what I you said. Yeah. I said laugh. <laughs> yeah. We should challenge that. Fuck. <laughs> but it well, he, hey, he man, throws better I with do his everything left right-handed. Yeah, I do everything right-handed, but shoot left in hockey. I shoot left in hockey. Right. I'm I just mean, saying just, it's just it's just what you're what you grew up to odd. do or whatever, right? Like it's very odd to be mostly on your right hand and the guy throws left hand. Yeah. That's what I just it, So what you're saying that he writes with his right hand? Yep. Writes with his right hand, does everything with mostly with his right hand, but besides throw. If that's true, I'll agree with Kev. That's weird. Like it, it is it's weird. It's, nor, it's normal-ish to play like hockey or golf, your opposite hand, or even baseball. Baseball, yeah. Batting, batting. Well, like you wouldn't throw with your off hand in baseball. That'd be weird. Yeah. Especially if you do, especially if you're writing with your right hand and, you know, yeah. doing with the majority of your everyday life with your right hand besides throw a football. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, Mahomes throws with his left hand here and there and he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> those, are more, those are more flips and yeah. tosses. Yeah. Just under shot puts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not throwing 40 some odd yards down the field. No, definitely with not. His left hand. Definitely not. No. <laughs> All right, so our last lock, lock, which we talked about earlier, was Josh with his Packer over the Vikings. The Vikings outlasted the Packers, 34-31. With, Is this uh, three weeks in a row now that the Vikings have fucked somebody? I, I stopped picking them after. They, Jesse has been saying since, like, week two, <laughs> don't bet against the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, it, or with them, just yeah, don't. Just don't. I, just I, I, yeah, I I refuse to touch that because I saw that one. I'm like, no, I'm not touching that just because they had that Vikings handle. Yeah, Justin Jefferson had a, quite a game. Eight receptions for 169 yards and two scores, including a third down catch against rookie Eric Stokes. That Cousins delivered a 23 yard touchdown while being decked on a blitz by Darnell Savage. Did you see this play? Yeah, it was a fucking great play by Cousins, and a, even and a really good play by Jefferson too. 
Like there was a they call saying that there was a bit of a push off on Jefferson, but I just think he just he's just he just knows how to go up and get that ball and fantastic receiver. And I think he might be the one of the best receivers in the NFL right now, like up at the one two spot. Oh, he's definitely way up there for sure. Mm-hmm. Like you can think of a few, but like he what he's doing because you also have to remember there's Adam Thielen on the other side too. But I think Justin Jefferson's turning into this number one receiver. He there. is, and Jefferson's the guy to go downfield. Thielen's more short, short stuff, right? And then he runs for fucking fifty yards. Now he but, is, but he was he was yeah. the guy that went going downfield. But yeah, and you know this was the pick that the Bills gave up, right, for Stefan Diggs. Now it's worked out right. for the most part. Like Diggs, I think he got a touchdown last uh, yesterday, but. He's not having the same season like he had last year. No, he's not. No. And then Rodgers came storming back through four touchdowns on Green Bay's final four possessions, excluding the kneel down to end the first half. All of those cover, all those drives covered seventy-four yards or more. So he realized he needed to kick in high gear. He did it, but the Vikings figured out don't give him the ball back, and they almost did too. There was a interception that would have been in the Vikings territory but i can't remember who was who was trying to catch it on green bay but it hit him like in the chest and he fucking dropped it i think so you can blame that guy yosh for fucking okay. fucking him up for you will do you know who else i blame is fucking i blame justin jefferson on the last touchdown because that he, he i think he had two touchdowns Yep, and I I really needed it to be Thelian to get that one for fantasy, <laughs> <laughs> and he got it because I'm like, okay, that's it, no more. I'm like, I wanted, I needed, uh, well, I needed Thelian to get more points, but I was like, okay, whatever. The Packers can just just win now, so I can win my lock. It's fine. No, I'm like, well, if the Vikings are gonna win, at least fucking let Thelian get a bunch of fucking yards and some more t- and some touchdowns, so I do well in fantasy. But that didn't happen either. <laughs> Fuck the Vikings. Fuck the Packers too. <laughs> fuck the lions too oh they're gonna why, win why would you even pick that game because they're gonna win because i thought it's easy it's aaron fucking rogers he's gonna beat the fucking vikings <laughs> like but I mean, nobody has been talking about Kirk cousins and maybe there's you know fairly good reason for that but i think pretty sure he's got 21 touchdowns and two picks he's been doing pretty good this season he yeah. he uh the last couple of weeks he hasn't been doing that good but obviously he showed up for the Packers game. You like that? (laughs) (laughs) So on the season, Peter has taken the lead now. Clearly, clearly, I know the most of all of us about the footballs. (laughs) At eight and three, I'm behind him at seven and four. Kev is at five and six. uh, And Josh is tied with him at five and six. So... Yosh, what signings are happening in the MLB? Well, we got a few going on. Nothing, uh, not a whole lot, but got a couple. So ex-Boston Red Sox pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez, he's signed with the Detroit Tigers, five years for anywhere between 77 and $80 million. Uh, it's obviously going to base, be based on performance and so on and so forth, but a minimum of uh, 77 milli. I heard the Jays are in on him. I think they were initially, and then they weren't. <laughs> yeah. They said, wow, how much? They, Never mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because they already spent $130 million 
to sign Jose Barrios or to extend Jose Barrios uh, for seven years. And I love this signing. Yeah, I, I'm way happier team. with this than Rodriguez, even though he's on my oh, agreed. fantasy team. But he he does give up a lot of runs. He strikes out a ton of people, but uh, that Boston offense really helped them get the Ws. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, for me, this was a massive – when I saw this, I was happier than picking shit. I really like Barrios. I've liked him since day one in uh, Minnesota. Thought he was uh, pretty fucking good. And, you know, depending on what all goes on with the rest of the pitching staff, this is your number one. He is now your number one because who else is going to be it, right? Ryu's not it. Ryu, if he comes nah, he won't. No, nah, Ryu's a number he's, two. He's a number two. He signed as a number one, but he's he's number two. Right. <laughs> yep, 100%. So, I mean, you got to assume – I mean, maybe Robbie Ray's in the mix to come back, but he's going to want a shit ton of money. He he rejected his qualifying offer of 18.4 milli, so you know he's going to be looking for more than that. Uh, I'm going to get it in, you know, just a few seconds here. We're going to get into uh, some accolades that he did this year. So that is obviously going to boost his value up. And uh, I also don't think, I think this was a one, a one, uh, not a one and done, but I think this was going to be the best year that Robbie Ray is probably ever going to have in, in the rest of his career is this, this past season. So to me, no nah, man, he's gonna dominate for the next couple of years, and then I'm gonna trade you him. Think? I'm gonna uh, trade him and uh, yeah, get a bunch of picks. fair enough. But <laughs> I mean, you may want to look to trading him this season. I mean, this I, is definitely the time to sell him. Yeah, for sure. So, like I said, with with Barrios, I I was just I fell in love right away, and he said like he was planning on being a free agent. He was planning on on going out and seeing what he could get on the market, and he said the last his time in Toronto, whatever it was, two months or whatever, he said it was phenomenal and it really made the choice easy. And that's fucking great. To me, that means, I means a lot for the city of Toronto, the organization for him to kind of flip the script and, and all of a sudden be, I'm in on this. And I mean, he's probably looking at this team too and saying, there's a lot of young fucking talent here. Yep, and he's still pretty young. He's still young too. So like this guy could be our ace for the next seven years. You got, you know, you assume that they're going to be at least signing Vladdy long-term when, uh, when his contract comes up, maybe some of the other guys, man, this, this could be, this could be, so, yeah, this could be something that we've been looking for since 1990 fucking three. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was really, really excited about this one. Thor, Noah Syndergaard, he signs with the angels one year, 21 milli. Now he is coming off of uh, pretty serious, some, uh, some surgery or at least an injury and didn't pitch much last season or this past season. He's sorry. hurt all the time. Right. But when he's not, he's fucking great. Man. So this could be huge for, for LA could be a one, two punch with, uh, with Shohei on the hump, but it's, uh, it's still to be seen obviously. And uh, like you said, Syndergaard is a bit injury prone. So if he can stay healthy, it's going to do really well for the angels, but we just don't know yet. First baseman, Brandon belt. He did sign his qualifying offer for that one year at 18.4 million with the giants. So he sticks around. I think the reason that he signed the qualifying offer was because there are so many first basemen available in free agency this year that he probably wasn't going to get any of these big dollars. So he 
said, uh, eh, 18.4 is enough for me this year. Yeah, it's not bad. No. And you got the likes of Freddie Freeman, uh, Anthony Rizzo's a free agent. Just those two guys alone, I would take both of those guys before I take Brandon Belt. So, or, you know, or have the opportunity to sign those guys. Uh, so this, this kind of makes sense uh, in all aspects. And, and it makes sense for, for the Giants. I mean, fuck, they did great this year with the squad that they have. So why not run it back as much as you can with the same crew, right? And then the last, you know, semi-major one was Justin Verlander. He rejected his qualifying offer from the Astros, but then ended up re-signing with the Strohs for a one-year, $25 million. So he ups himself on, uh, you know, $6.5 million there. I don't know Verlander's old, but he's still he's still hurling pretty good. And although he's not blowing these uh, fastballs by these guys anymore, because he's been around for so long, he can put that ball pretty much wherever he likes to. Um, I did hear I the Jays were talking to him. Too. I did hear the Jays were talking to him as well, which would have been cool. No, I'm glad they didn't. He, the age he, thing is is big on this. I'm one. I'm fine with keeping keeping it young. Yeah, and he hasn't been Verlander hasn't. He hasn't been too shit hot in the terms of injuries as of late either. He's, you know, when you get older, you know, you start to get broken down a little more. So, and that's what we bought last year when we went for like most of the more relief pitchers. But mm-hmm. I'm just sick of seeing these pitchers get hurt, right? Like Brios is, he doesn't get hurt too often. Yeah. Should be there. And he's going to be there for a while, obviously, with a seven year deal. And yeah, Verlander, I like, he's, he's mostly name. That you're buying at this point, I think. At this point, yeah, for sure. Like 25 million is a lot of money for he's up in his late 30s. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jess, would you take Syndergaard for the one year at 21 million, or would you take Verlander if you had to choose one or Verlander at 25? Yeah, I'd probably go with the Viking. Yeah. yeah. I'd go with them. I'd go with Thor. I think they're the age and then the, I think the potential at this point. You know, if he can stay healthy, I think he's would be better than Verlander. Mm-hmm. But again, it's the uh, I don't want either. But like I said, like <laughs> if I had to choose, I would go with Thor. Yeah. Uh, and then just some notable players that rejected their qualifying offers: so Castellanos, uh, Michael Conforto, uh, Carrera, sorry Correa, Freddie Freeman, Jose Iglesias, Robbie Ray, Corey Seager. Marky Semyon, Semyon, which we we talked about Ray and Semyon previously about uh, rejecting. Trevor Story and Chris Taylor all rejected those qualifying offers. So this is a this is a heavy shortstop free agent uh, pool. So if you for superstars at least, so if you need a superstar or shortstop, I mean you're going to pay. But you got Corey Seager, Correa, and Trevor Story all available. And Semyon. Yeah, and Semyon can play there too. Exactly. I think so, Tip, uh, Chris Taylor plays there too, but he's, he probably could in in Dodgerland. He's not going to. He's more of a utility of, guy, right? So yeah, yeah but yeah. he he with what he did with his bat, he's gonna he's gonna go play wherever and make a bunch of money for sure. So like it, you know, for the Dodgers here, you're gonna. I'm assuming. I mean, there's obviously good chances that they could still sign Seager. Uh, and Taylor, but it, to me, it's going to seem like Trey Turner is going to be moving over uh, to shortstop because Seager's likely not going to be there, and then somebody else will fill that second base role, probably Gavin Lux, mm-hmm. and then you know outfielders are not that they're a diamond dozen, but they're it's easier to find an outfielder that can play in the pros than it is to find a shortstop or a second baseman. So, but 
Corey Seager, I really like him. I hope he goes to a good team because he's on my fantasy team. So <laughs> I need him to uh I need him to get a bunch of RBIs. So <laughs> do you think the Jays are in on any of these guys and maybe move Bo or move whoever they signed a second? No. No, not a chance. Yeah, I don't think they want to get rid of Bo at all. No, and, and not it's, get rid of him. It's dollars too, right? Like these guys yeah, are gonna yeah. fucking command a huge amount of money. And I think at this point they need to spend their money in, on the mound. On the arms, yeah. yeah. So I, I agree. Because really, really, who are you gonna replace in the outfield? Nobody. Randy. And but he's not even in the field. He's a he's a bench. Right. Guy. He's a fourth guy, exactly. <laughs> So you're, you know, you're probably not going to replace the three starters. And then on the infield, the only real opening is that, well, I guess now second, but we would assume maybe Biggio would fill that role. Yeah. And, and then the other place is third and Espinal has been playing great defense. He was better on the, uh, at the dish as of, you know, in the later half of the season, but, and he's great defensively. Don't get me wrong. I love him defensively, but so you have two spots that potentially in the infield and that's it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't think on a World Series winning team, Espinal is a starting third base. Probably not, just based on his stick, right? Like it's not. Yeah, I think his defense is it could be World Series team, is World Series team caliber, but his yeah, but you need the stick. You need well, the hot corner is typically a great defensive player, and he's got a great power bat stick exactly. So, but you can find at the deadline. Exactly, exactly. All right, now last week. We talked about a few award winners, and then we also went through and uh, we gave our picks on who we thought would win some of the more major categories and more major awards. So I want to start with the National League, the manager of the year, Kev, Pete, and Jesse. You guys were all right. Yeah. It's a Gabe Kapler of the San Francisco Giants. Uh, I believe I took the Cardinals. Uh, coach, the guy wasn't, that that's, doesn't have a job. That guy that doesn't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been a that stretch. Should, that should have been a red flag. Yeah. Should have been a red yeah. flag. Uh, so you guys were right there. Good for you. Yeah. The Cy Young. Now we never, uh, we never really guessed on these ones on the Cy Young for AL and NL, but uh, NL would have been I, harder than the the AL. We, I, I, I think already the said AL, we were we all were going to say the same one for the AL, yeah. so I don't think that's a big deal. But the Cy Young for the National League was Corbin Burns. He had a good season. He's uh, he's a pretty good pitcher overall. No no issues uh, with with him winning this one here. Yeah, I would have thought that the other one would have been Walker from LA. Yeah, Walker Bueller Walker is pretty Bueller, fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. He's a good young player, man. Mm-hmm. Good young player. Uh, so like I said, we didn't we didn't really guess on those on uh, the Cy Youngs. Uh, the Rookie of the Year in the NL. Ended up being Jonathan India, yeah. Kevin Jesse. Boo. You guys took boo, him. Boo, boo, no, he boo. was going to get it for shop. Boom. Yes, he did. He did. And then, Pete, you were right on the old MVP in the NL. Bam Bam got it. That was stupid. Old Bryce Harper. Yeah. I'm also smarter should've been, than everyone been at the baseballs. <laughs> you think it should have been Tatis? Yeah. Like, just because you picked him or? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I think it should have been him just because he probably pushed everyone the wrong way because MLB writers are, they don't like it when you have a fucking personality on in, in baseball. So fair enough. That that's, that, that's only my reason, but don't get me wrong. Har- Harper had a great year. 
I, yeah. I just, I just thought you'd want to give it to a young superstar. Yeah. Fair enough. No. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> oh fuck! How many of those fucking drinks have you had, Pete? I've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, American League. This is our fucking, this is our home league here. Manager of the year. None of us picked this. Boom. Kevin Cash and the Tampa Bay Rays won. I mean. Kind of makes sense. They had the best best record in the AL, so it makes sense. I was going to pick them, but they were with the Rays, and I didn't want the Rays to win. I think we all took that approach. Yeah, Yeah, for for sure. I don't even remember who the fuck I took. Me neither. It wasn't him. It was Dusty Baker. You guys, yeah, yeah, you guys took Baker, and I took the other guy who I don't remember. Who this is. the Seattle, <laughs> Seattle manager. Oh, that's right, the Seattle guy. I don't, right. I don't even remember his name because I didn't like Seattle yeah. at all. It's Scott Scott Surveys or something like that. But yeah, you're right. Uh, as I had previously mentioned about Robbie Ray, he is our was our boy. He's no longer a Blue Jay at this point, but who knows? It could be. He won the American League Cy Young. He was fucking lights out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was great. And I remember, Jess, I remember before the season started and you and I were talking about fantasy and you're like, oh, I got Max and Robbie Raid. Kind of sucks that they're both on the Jays mm-hmm. now, but I'm thinking about keeping them both. And I was like, you're dumb. Get rid of them both. <laughs> and what <laughs> are, these guys are fucking useless. And what did and I do? Both, yeah, you kept them. No, I didn't keep Matt's. Like, I kept, you didn't I, keep Matt's? I, I was okay. like, I kept Robbie Ray and it was a fucking. That was the right move for sure. And he was hurt too. And, he, and uh, Matt's came out. Uh, the first three games and actually did really well. And I was like, oh, did I fuck up and bring up the wrong person? <laughs> no, nope. well, that was when he, he, Robbie Ray fell down the stairs or something. Right. And then he busted up his elbow. Like he not busted it, but he hurt his elbow. And I'm pretty sure that's why he was out. For well, whatever. He better bust up his album <laughs> the next year. In yeah. Spring somebody got to push him down the fucking stairs again. You <laughs> <laughs> know, so young. <laughs> uh, so again, nobody picked the Cy Young, although all of us would have come up with Robbie Ray. There's, I mean, Garrett Cole would have been the next guy, but I think I would have been the only guy that would have even give Cole and Cole a chance beyond. He's uh, a Yankee. Kept picking Yankees. Right. Well, I already picked him once, so I couldn't go with the <laughs> Yanks twice. So, <laughs> uh, rookie of the year, which yeah. I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to believe this guy's a rookie when he fucking won a World Series MVP, but I guess because of the games. Randy Arroyo's arena. (laughs) Yeah, it does still count for (laughs) sure. Still technically a rookie there at Rosarena. So Pete and Jesse, you were right. And he wins that. And uh, he's been, I mean, he's been good for the last season and a half for sure. Like I said, he was going to win it, but I think you should have gave it to Wander. Just give that young talent as much confidence as you can. Yep. Same team. So, you know, that's a, that sucks for us. Sucks for us, but it's yeah. so good for Tampa. And they've got – they have a fairly young, pretty fucking good team. So it's going to be – You mean Tampa slash Montreal. Yeah, Tampa slash Montreal, exactly. Uh, and you watch this coming season. It's going to be a battle. I'm going to call it right now. It'll be a battle, 1-2, Tampa-Toronto. And it's going to be based well, – I, I mean, the Yanks are going to spend on a, a, you know an exorbitant amount of money, of course to uh, to do what they can they've been in on they've been talking about all these short stops they've been they've been talking to freddie freeman and this that and the other so they're obviously trying to spend some money to uh to be the best they can be but it's a fucking yank so go fuck yourself 
Yeah, I think Boston will also look like the fourth best team in the division, but they'll still fucking somehow manage to finish second because they're fucking Boston. Some stupid shit. Stupid Red Sox. I mean, it's okay if they finish second and Toronto finishes first. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather see them finish fucking fifth. How many teams in the division? Five in ours, yeah. <laughs> fifth. That's not happening. I'm going to tell you that much right now. Fucking Baltimore's too shitty. So, so Randy Arozarena. Arozarena there again, rookie of the year for the AL. And yeah. like we've been, we talked about for, I don't know, we've been, we're into 43 episodes. We probably talked about them in 20 of them. Kev, how'd you fuck this up? Yeah, you know, it's just <laughs> as much as I'd like to see Vladdy win it, but I mean, we all knew he was going to. Yeah. So there's no question about it. Shohei had a hell of a season offensively, defensively. By defense, I mean pitching. Same difference. And Shohei wins the MVP. I mean, there's no question about it. Vladdy was in the NL, or if Shohei was in the NL, Vladdy wins no matter what on, on either side. He had a better year than Tatis. He had a better year than Bam Bam. He had a better year offensively than Shohei. But yep. he plays first base and doesn't pitch. Yep. Again, we're not going to go over stats or anything because we've already fucking told everybody all the stats there are to know about these guys. So it was uh, disappointing not to see, not to see the old blue Jay get an MVP, but next year, next year, I don't think Shohei's, I don't think Shohei's a shoe in next year. Even if they have the same season, both guys have the same basic season. I think Vladdy wins next year. No way. Yeah. If he does it again, Shohei wins again. No, man. It's, it's not now it's not a, it's, I mean, it's still it's it's still crazy, and only one guy has done it since Babe. But I just don't think that he's gonna go back to back based on I pitched okay, I pitched good. I guess I would I would say, you know, especially when he has a a good offensive season, not a great offensive season. No way. You duplicate these seasons again next year. Fucking Shohei wins unanimously again. I don't know, man. So now let me ask you one more question here about this MVP. And I, we've probably talked about this again or before, but had Vladdy been able to secure and win the triple crown, who's the MVP? Vladdy. Ooh. Ooh. That's a tough that's one, a, right? That's a spicy meatball. Uh, we did talk about it, and I still thought Shohei would have gone. I mean, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough because the, the triple crown doesn't happen very often happens so, it, neither it, it happens neither more often than this so that's the only reason yeah, why that's neither fair. does fucking babe ruth yeah yeah that's fair that's the only reason why i would say that yeah yeah and that would have been almost a stain for on the the mlb for that to happen i would think i wonder if they would ever give out like a co-mvp like no way you know, baseball's way too rigid to do that shit yeah, fair yeah. I still can't believe that the Blue Jays had two MVP runner-ups, a Cy Young winner, and they couldn't make the fucking playoffs. That burns me. Best team to do nothing. Yeah. Best team in the league to do nothing, for sure. Well, that's what's this year's next year's going to be fun to always watch. Uh, hopefully, it gives them a chip, and you sound like a leap. <laughs> yeah, always next year, boys. There's always next year. <laughs> yeah, but we got young talent now. Yeah, you sound like a. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one more thing for the bigs, the Cleveland Guardians. 
Gross. So they have <laughs> officially changed their name. So the Major League Baseball franchise and local roller derby club have reached a resolution in a lawsuit filed over the use of the name Guardians, allowing both teams to continue using it. Uh, the team, the both sides said on Tuesday, uh, they jointly announced an amicable resolution to the agreement that permits the Indians to continue their changeover to Guardians, a switch that was delayed due to this legal manner and isn't completely finished, but it's uh, they're the Guardians now. That means that this became the fucking richest local roller derby team ever just by the sheer luck of having a name that an M- fucking MLB team wanted. Yeah. So they got paid a ton of money to say, yeah, you can have it. But it's not even like we still want to use it. Like it's, you know, the, the roller derby team is still going to be the Guardians. So, yeah, sure. They're just getting paid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That That's my guess, but that's fucking got to be what it is. For sure. And there wasn't many details uh, about the agreement. So, uh, so this legal scuffle was just another hurdle in the long route to the official name change for the team. Well, it's not that long compared to the football team. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so their decision to drop the Indians angered some fans as the American League team has been known as the Indians since 1915. Now, a special opening day for the newly named Cleveland Guardians began with a bang. So as fans were buying the first available Guardians merchandise on Friday, as the team officially transitioned from the Indians after 106 years, a sign outside the the team store at Progressive Field broke free from its mounts and crashed to the sidewalk. (laughs) Fell off the fucking wall. (laughs) And so this is, to me, must be a sign that somebody doesn't like the new name. Uh, <laughs> a sign. I see what you. You know, Kev's the only dad here. Me shortly. Yeah. You're you're well on your way. <laughs> hey, I learned from the best. You know, I learned from the best. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty fucking funny. I saw this picture and there's a sign. I had no idea what it was. Right? You see this sign laying on the fucking ground, big hole on the wall. I'm like, what the fuck? And then you get into reading it. I'm like, this is fucking funny. <laughs> Cleveland Guardians are on the fucking ground. Oh, I thought that was pretty good. So, anyway, boys, horrible name. It is a bad horrible name. name. It's a bad name. It's just as bad as the fucking WNBA team names, man. They're they're just brutal. I for me, I, I've said it before. I know the Blue Jays is not intimidating, but you know, either is a maple leaf. It's a fucking leaf. But like to me, that's what the team name needs to be: intimidating. And a guardian is not well. If you want to talk about the Leafs in the playoffs, they're not intimidating anybody. Oh, well, I'm not talking about playoffs, but uh, <laughs> we know that we know they're not intimidating anybody. But <laughs> and listen, some of those Blue Jays logos, that Blue Jay looks pretty intimidating. They mean <laughs> yeah. the powder blue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> strong like blues, like baby blue, oh my like my fucking Titans. They get like a decent name like the Titans and then they put them in powder blue. (laughs) And Navy. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, that's it for the bigs because there's not a whole lot to talk about next week. It's probably just going to be a handful of signings and uh, we'll just be skipping over the MLB next week for for the most part because I highly doubt there's going to be some big stories next week. But anyway, that's it for the bigs. Kevin. What do you got going on in uh, 
the rest of the sports world? I'm going to start off with our uh, Premier Hockey Federation, otherwise known as the uh, National Women's Hockey League. Now, again, guys, there's only six teams. So we've had three of them play on the uh, Saturday. On a Saturday, three played Yosh. Wow. So we got this one. We got it right this week? Yeah. So there's three of them played Saturday. We had the uh, Connecticut Whale uh, took on the uh, Toronto Six. Yeah. The Six won this five to one. We would have been the, funny uh, if they would have won six to one. They should always win six six to something. Or even lose or whatever. Just they got to score six. <laughs> six goals. <laughs> we had the uh, Buffalo Buttes versus the Metropolitan Riveters. The Buttes go on to win four to three. Fucking Buttes. It's a Butte. And then we yeah. had the uh, Boston Pride versus uh, Minnesota Whitecaps. The Whitecaps go on to win this one two to zero. Are there mountains in Minnesota? That's the only other white cap I can think of. So you got, you know, like you got the white caps uh, in the fucking mountains. No, or you... man. It's the state of a thousand lakes. They're talking about fucking waves on lakes. But they don't. Have I, they might not be great lakes, waves. but they're fucking little oh, lakes. Fuck. The white caps are like a good, like two centimeters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. White caps. <laughs> So then uh, these three teams did play off again on Sunday, the 21st. Uh, we had the Connecticut Whale again against uh, Toronto Six. Six win this one as well, three to two. Is it just the Connecticut Whale or is it Wales? Whale. It's just, it's not it's a just, it's, it's a single <laughs> whale. It's just one, Jesse. It's, it's just, just one whale. <laughs> they couldn't fit any more on the logo. <laughs> Connecticut Whale. Yeah. I thought, I thought you played for. I played for the Whale. Play for the whale. I thought I'm a whale. Too. Am I forgetting to putting an S on the end of this? But no, it's a whale. Like, are uh, they supposed to be the whalers? Is it like a fucking? Why didn't they go whalers? Yeah, it's fair. Peter would have come after you. Yeah, maybe. who? Peter would have came after you. I guess, but it's Hartford. I assume they're in Hartford, but uh, you know, whatever. We yeah, had a, they probably didn't go with whalers just based on, you know, copying the yeah. old school. Yeah, well, I guarantee you that's why they're the whale, though. Because yeah, they're in fucking Connecticut and uh, the Hartford yeah. whalers were in fucking Well, like you said, they should have been the whales. It makes more sense to be the whales. But, I mean, the fucking Toronto Six is this, like, that's a dumb name, too. But, like, I, mean, I know it's, at least I know that's it's relevant. Than sixes. Sixes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was the 76ers, 49ers? Like it's plural, man. Just yeah. six. <laughs> yeah, the really? six the Toronto Sixers would be okay. Right? I mean, it doesn't make as much sense as just the Toronto Six, but anyway. And then we had our the, Buffalo Buttes again took on the, the uh, Metropolitan Riveters, and the Riveters oh. went on to win five to three. Not Only so, good name in the league. Not so butte. <laughs> and Boston Pride uh, versus the Minnesota Whitecaps. The Pride going to win that one, two to one. Uh, going to get into our UFC or our otherwise MMA. Now, we did watch uh, a little something-something over there at uh, Yoshi's Place there on uh, Saturday. Yeah, we were yelling. Yeah. Well, you were yelling. Yeah, because it was just <laughs> stand them the fuck up. But – uh, the UFC 43 went down Saturday the 20th at the UFC um, Apex in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Kathleen uh, Vieira 
defeated uh, Misha Tate in a unanimous decision, which I would have thought Tate would have won, but meh, didn't go over that way. Joanne Wood versus the TL Santos. Santos defeats Wood in a submission rear naked choke at four, four minutes and 49 seconds of the first round. That's awesome. They, they were naked? Because I haven't been watching much UFC. <laughs> You're going to watch more if they're naked, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, but at least, that, at, least right, sorry, a, at least we had a tap out. There's no knockouts, but at least we had a tap out. I may have had a few whiskeys. You might be right, Josh. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> Davey Grant uh, went on against um, Adrian Vanez. Uh, Vanez defeats Grant with a split decision. And then we have some other ones here with the unanimous decisions uh, that happened with uh, Sean Siriano uh, versus uh, Siliana or Sylvian. Good luck. Yeah, that's that's tough for anybody to say. Shailan Nurdambieke. Sure. Now, about as good as I was going to say it. <laughs> Siriano did not win it up that uh, that one with the unanimous decision. Luma Lukbumi or Runami. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, look, look, boot me. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, they took on uh, Lupi um, Ganinas. So that uh, Ganinami, she look ended up me. that one. <laughs> that's Lupi. Yes. Nathan uh, Levy versus um, Gaffey Garcia. Uh, Levy goes on to win that one. Tucker Lutz versus uh, Pat Sabatani. Sabatini. Sabatini. <laughs> Lutz goes on to, to win that one. Now, this is the fight that we watched, guys. Yeah. The uh, Koyang Ho Kang versus Rani. Yeah. 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 Josh got it right. It's yeah. 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 <laughs> Kang goes on to win that one there, uh, even though that uh, Yeya basically dominated that match that we saw. Yeya, Yeya, he or she did. He did. <laughs> Michael. You know what? <laughs> Kev, I, I might have been really drunk, but I think Yeya won that match. I'm going to challenge. I have a feeling that fucking Yeya won that match. Oh, yo, she were hammered then. <laughs> I know I was hammered, but... Yeah, like, and I'm like, I'm sure you got that from somewhere, but I just thought that they fucking raised his hand because of all the uh, not grappling, but all the fucking floor bullshit. Might as well challenge. Why the? Yeah, I'm challenging it. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, one. Anyway, carry on, Kev. Somebody else is looking that up. Uh, Michael um, Chasia versus Sean Bradley. Yeah, Chasia won that one there as well. As oh, a, uh, he's right. Yeah, yeah, totally won. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just keep wanting to say yeah, 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 yeah. So now we're gonna yeah. get into our World World Cup here, guys. Uh, so going into this match, Mexico had a record of twenty four and nine against Canada. Um, during this game, the goalie, um, Myla, Mylan. Milan. 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 Or John. Or John. He, uh, he, beat, 
he basically stood on his head. Uh, a soft J. One of these, one of these goals was actually right on the goal line. There were saves was actually on that goal line, which mm-hmm. was pretty cool. It was uh, definitely no goal. Ball did not clearly go over the whole entire uh, goal line. Great goalie, great saves. Um, after the historic uh, victory, Mexico, uh, Canada men's national team, in prime position to qualify for its first World Cup since 1986. Canada will have six more games still to play um, on the 27th of January, Honduras. On January 30th, we have U.S. of A. And this one here is still uncertain of uh, whether it's going to be played. Um, some assumptions it's going to be in the Vancouver area. So they basically where the BC Lions play. Uh, but it's, but it's going to be in Canada. Yet. I'm hoping it will be, but it's not. I think, too- I think it's got to be in Canada because we already played in the States. Yeah, I think you're right, Jess, yeah. So it's going to be either there or Saskatchewan again, wherever the wherever they play, either either or. They could play. They could play TFC, where T, yeah, where TFC plays. Yeah, although uh, maybe not on the January thirtieth. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. It might be a little bit snowy. Yeah, hey, that's our fucking strategy. Sometimes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Freeze the opponent. We're good. <laughs> Make the worst pitch of all. <laughs> and then on uh, the February second, there's El Salvador. March 24th, Costa Rica, March 27th, Jamaica, and then March 30th, Panama, are our remaining six uh, games that uh, are there for our Canada team. Number one where, on the table, boys. Where are they right now? Yeah. No, yeah, the number one with one point. One point, right? One point. Doesn't matter above. if it's finance or a mile. Yeah. Winning is winning. Winning is definitely winning. Yeah, man. So, big game on the 30th. Big game yeah. on the 30th. Yeah, for sure. It's massive. So, a couple things here. Canadian men's national team, or sorry, this is all national teams in 2021. The Canadians scored more goals than any other national team in the world. What? Canada scored 55 goals. Yeah, crazy stuff, right? Canada scored 55 in 2021. England scored 51. Germany scored 50. Netherlands scored 46. And Denmark scored 45. So that's fucked. More that's than impossible. More like, than England. More than Germany. More have than the they Dutch. had some massive wins that I fucking fell asleep for. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, have they played more games? They else? they they've played a lot of games because they were they didn't. I think Mexico and the U.S. like got like a buy into this round, whereas Canada had to go through like the lower qualifiers. Right. Yeah. So that's why they brought and they they scored a lot of goals in, in the lower qualifiers, like a lot. And I also have to think that's the same thing with what Yosh was mentioning off was they they're probably playing less games for the qualifiers because Canada's been garbage forever. So they gotta start from the bottom. And now they're here. Now they're here. here. <laughs> now I had now the whole team is here. <laughs> Fuck, I had something else too that was about uh individual goals. And I can't find it now. Uh, who was the guy that scored? Was it Larkin? Yeah, Kyle Larkin. Kyle Larkin. Laren or Laren? Yeah, Laren. Laren is his name. So he has. I can't find the fucking thing here, but he now has scored more goals than any other Canadian ever. Uh, now he has like twice as many caps as uh, Dero, who was uh, doing to do Rosario, was is next, uh, is second on the list. Uh, I believe it was 22 goals, but fuck, I can't find it here on my phone. Um, that doesn't surprise me. 
But the other guy, Jonathan David, is like fifth, I think, with like 18 goals. And he's had like 22 caps. Something yeah, to that sure, effect. I'm sure Alfonso Davies not far behind. He probably him. won't be far behind, no. But uh, but I thought that was pretty cool, especially when I looked at the Jonathan David thing. I'm like, holy fuck, he's like a 0.75, you know, goal a game kind of guy. So I wish I could fucking find it here. Oh, here it is, right here. Yeah, so 44 caps for Laren, 22 goals. Uh, 22 goals for, for Dero, but 81 caps. John Catliff had 43 caps, 19 goals. Dale Mitchell, 55 caps, 19 goals. And Jonathan David, 24 caps, 18 goals. So the for uh, that's pretty good for, for Laren there. Although, you know, he's that's a half a goal a game. 44 caps, 22 goals. And Jonathan David there, 24 games and 18 is pretty fucking good. Yeah. You so got to think. Uh, we got to be witnessing one of the best Canadian teams of all time. I it's definitely yeah. the golden age for soccer for, for sure. Canada. Yep, for sure. So this is great. And I watched the uh, I watched the Mexican game, and I put all the other fucking sports on mute and on pause. And I watched this soccer game, and I was I was blown away by the game. It was phenomenal. They were all over the fucking pitch. They played great. I realized it was fucking minus hundred degrees, and you know the Canadians were out there in shorts and t shirt. And the guys are wearing parkas, same thing, but. Uh, it was just great. I loved it. I love watching it. And it was super I did. Exciting. I did like one of their celebrations. Went out to think oh, there was a second goal. Say, where Buddy yeah, just jumped jelly. into went to number three. Yeah, went to yeah. the snow, and sure. then they got into the ground as if they're doing like the, you know, the like. Oh, the, the loser in the bob, uh, the bob, bob sled. sled. Yeah, there's two yeah. of them that jumped behind each other, started doing the bobsled. These look like NFL celebrations. They're yeah. awesome. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty awesome. And like I said, the game was super intense. I was on the edge of my seat for. A good portion of it, that's for sure. I, and I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, what I watched, the Canada was just destroying them. It seemed like they 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 didn't have possession, but they just kept firing shots on net, and they were really good shots. Uh, Davies missed a, a good chance too early. I, I saw off of a volley, and then the like you said, the, the Canadian goalie started stopping everything. It was yeah. it was awesome. I think they did have the possession. Uh, arrow type thing was on Canada's side. Pretty sure they ended up having more possession over the whole game. I'm going to challenge you on that. I think it was Mexico. All right, cool. Well, while somebody looks into that, where do you guys think they finish at the end of all the qualifying? Do you think they stay number one? I say they hold on to the third. I say they hold third. They hold third to be able to stay. They, They go into it. You think Mexico and U.S. pass them? I, I, I'd say U.S. passes them, but I, I just say that they'll qualify. They'll just make the edge of qualifying. All right, who else? Panama? No, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna give a tight run for that number one spot. All they have left really in their way is U.S. As long as they because they're undefeated right now, right? So as long as they keep playing the way they are. Should have lost to Jamaica, by the way, but yes, carry on. I I think they'll they'll win that uh, win number one. That's my hot take. Ooh, yeah, I I feel like they're probably gonna finish second. I have I as much as I really need them or want them to win on January thirtieth there against the Americans, I have a feeling they're probably gonna lose. But you know, I mean, I guess it depends on what else happens though. But I'm gonna say they finish second. 
So Jess, you were right though. I'm wrong. It was a uh, 69%, uh, f- sorry, 59% Mexico, 41. At the beginning of the game, all the Mexicans were doing was kicking it up. They were just, they were booting it from the, from their back. That was when I was watching it too. And, yeah, then and I, just I checked it in later. And- I checked in later. I'm like, how the fuck did we lose all, lose all the percent or the possession? Like we were, we had, we were controlling it all and making runs and we had a lot more chances to score. And I obviously so did Mexico, but. I just thought we we played a better first half. We played a better fucking game all around, but obviously score says so. Scored more goals than the other team. That's right. But I gave Jesse a point. Sorry, guys. I gave Jesse a point. My bad. Fucking gay. I know. Fuck, I was plus two today, too. Now I'm only plus one. (laughs) Fuck. All right. I got to challenge you guys in CFL. Let's go. Okay. So (laughs) going on to our crappy football league. We had uh, Edmonton went on to beat Toronto 13 to 7 on uh, the 16th of November. Ottawa beat Montreal 19 to 18 on the 19th of November. Uh, BC beat Edmonton 43 to 10 uh, as well on the 19th. Hamilton beat Saskatchewan 24 to 3 on the 20th of November. And Calgary beat Winnipeg 13 to 12 on the 20th of November. Your Bombers lost again. I know. Well, I mean, they're in. They clinched. I mean, they, they take a look at everyone, uh, back up your quarterbacks, what have you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, with the vid that uh, that's happened with the, the years um, coming this spring, the CFL will also announce their 2020 and 2021 inductees to their Hall of Fame. So on the for 2020, we have offensive linemen Clyde Brock and Freddie um, Childress. Quarterbacks, Henry Burris and Greg Vavera. John um, Hung, uh, Huffnagel. Huffnagel, yeah. Huffnagel as a coach. And uh, Larry um, Utek, I believe, is one of the builders or something of that nature of that. Uh, this one fun- for sure. Henry Burris, like, that guy definitely deserves to be in the, in the Hall of Fame for sure. Yeah, he won like, one with the Golden Blacks uh, the first, I think, or the first year or second year. He's one of Golden Blacks. Golden Blacks. <laughs> <laughs> the golden Why did, you guys should have challenged him. No, it's not the Golden Blacks. <laughs> it's the Red Blacks. He was the first one to do the Red Blacks uh, victory. I think he's got a bunch of victories, Oh, he's too. got a yeah. bunch. Oh, yeah. I think he's got bunch. one with the Tie Cats and then Stampeders. And, uh, uh, he's, he's got definitely a bunch known. of them. Yeah. And then for the 2021 uh, inductees, we have a defensive lineman. John, Will Johnson and Mike Walker, wide receiver Nick Lewis, defensive backs Orlando Steinar, 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 and Don Wilson. Now I had to look into this too, man, because this freaked me out. Marv Levy is going in for coach for the CFL. I was like, huh? yeah, yeah, he was an NFL guy. Yeah, but I looked it up. He's same Marv. See, this is the same Marv Levy. Yeah. yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know he'd coached in the CFL as well, but he did. And uh, I believe, again, uh, Doug Mitchell for regards to Builder. Uh, going into our boxes at this point, guys, I'm going to stay with the uh, kind of a football theme. I'm going to be putting Matthew Stafford's wife in my box. So on, on the Monday night game against the 49ers, Kelly Stafford, uh, for throwing a pretzel at a 49ers fan. <laughs> 
like a, a not just like, a, like a big soft pretzel or like a little hard one from a. I, I, I think it was one of those. Those. It was a big soft and... one for sure. Yeah. It, it was. I, it's in California. It doesn't get that cold there for it to get rock hard, right? Uh, I hope it had a bunch of fucking mustard on it. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a uh, an LA fan who called her out while doing that. Uh, now the fan goes on to say, "Why did you throw a pretzel?" At a Niner fan sitting behind me. Now, uh, the fan goes on to, um, this fan goes on to, to say to Kelly, show some class and support your husband and his new team with grace, please. I am a Rams fan and I am embarrassed by your actions last night. Now, Kelly did reply, girl, I know I'm an idiot. He was saying a bunch of things that were aggressive towards our crew, but zero excuse. Now, the way I see this, guys, is that um, Kelly Stafford or any um, wife of a pro athlete is representing them. So you got to basically have to think about what you're doing. You're always going to be on camera because it's going to be showing this is Stafford's wife, blah, blah, blah. You got to be careful of your actions. Um, that's why. Miss Stafford or Mrs. Stafford, you're in my box for chucking pretzels at fans. Where it'd be better if we chucked the pretzel at a fan than Stafford's wife, so to sense. But Maybe you should throw fucking pretzels at Stafford's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Shut a stand in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that, that's why I put um, again Stafford's wife in my box for for hucking. We're hucking pretzels. She's probably throwing better than uh, <laughs> Stafford. <that night. laughs> well, she's definitely throwing better than Goff. We know that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask here, Pedro, who you got going in your penalty box? Yeah, for me, I tried to find the guy's name, but I couldn't dig it up. But the NBA ref that tossed Anthony Davis for talking after trying to tie his shoe. So if you guys missed this, Davis' shoe came off after a failed lob attempt from Russell Westbrook. And while putting his shoe back on after the ball went out of bounds, the ref allowed Chicago to inbound the ball. Uh, typically in this situation, the ref let the player put their shoe back on before letting the ball get inbounded. But as soon as he was there on the ground tying his shoe and the ball was inbounded, and as soon as Davis tripped the ref, saying it was BS that he was getting fucking not given a second to tie his shoe, it wasn't like he was lollygagging or anything. He was tying his shoe right away. But the ref didn't give him a chance. And so he said it was BS, and the ref tossed him. <laughs> That's the second time in his career that he has been ejected from a game, and it was on his second technical of the game. So whoever that ref was for tossing him, for trying to tie his shoe, here in my penalty box. Just let the man tie his shoe. And just take it off the chin. He's just saying, like, that's some bullshit. Like, what? Well, it was some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. it, you move on. Like, there's so many plays. He's just – or there's still lots of time left. Like, why would why would you chuck him out after that? Like, Yeah, yeah. It was ignorant. Anyway, that's in my box. I like, mean, just, like, he might have had a bet for the Lakers to lose. But <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Or maybe it was just fucking feelings were hurt or something. I don't know. 
But anyway, you got to be fucking better than that. Let First of all, let the man tie his shoe. And second of all, if you fucked up and he didn't let him tie his shoe, maybe you didn't see him. Whatever. Fine. Fair enough. But if he tells you it's bullshit when it is fucking bullshit, you don't toss the man. Well, did he get tossed because of him chirping or did he get this, the second tech because of the chirping and then that is what got yeah. him tossed, right? Yeah. Who got a tech? I got a tech? What? <laughs> you got two techs. One because you were tying your shoe. <laughs> anyway, that's my box. Josh, who is in yours? All right, so I'm going to stick with basketball, except not really because I'm my, in my uh, box is Cleveland News 5, so a TV station in Cleveland. So during a press conference after the Wizards game versus the Cavs, uh, Cleveland News 5 put up a graphic on the TV screen, and under Kyle Kuzma's name, it said, won an NBA championship thanks to LeBron James. <laughs> 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 uh, when I first saw this, I started fucking howling because I thought that was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> but then I saw that Kuz clapped back in a tweet saying, hey, the city of Cleveland, we have something in common. Nice to meet you because... <laughs> Obviously, LeBron brought them a championship, right? So, obviously, News 5 should have just said, you know, underneath his name that he that he won an NBA championship with LeBitch, but they decided to go thanks thanks to LeBron James, which I thought was fucking funny as hell. But yeah. the clapback is pretty good, too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, I thought it was funny. So, that's it. It's a pretty, pretty short box. Uh, you know, News 5, just get your shit together. Now, on the same kind of thing, and I was going to add this to my box, uh, I believe it was an, an NBC station, NBC or Fox, probably NBC, maybe Fox, who knows, because Fox I mean, is Fox. it sounds like it's probably Fox. Yeah, it might have been Fox, but whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it was. So uh, it, was the, uh, it was a Boston game, Celtics, and Den- they were uh, interviewing Dennis Schroeder, and – up comes a ticker or whatever it says, you know, Dennis Schroeder, blah, blah, blah. Normally it would have like, you know, his stats for the game or whatever. And it literally says y'all are playing, paying Westbrook 40 million LOL or whatever it was. So the whole thing is that obviously Schroeder played really well that night and was just as good as, as Westbrook. And I'm like, it literally said, LOL. (laughs) What the fuck? So I was going to throw that in there, but I'm like, oh, I'll just leave it as Cleveland News 5. But it was pretty funny. So de- definitely these news stations are fucking with these basketball players. And it's pretty funny. But so Cleveland News 5, you're in my box. Do you guys ever just in conversation say LOL? Because no. I do sometimes. And every time I do, it makes me feel like such a millennial. Like you'll be like, oh, that was so funny. LOL. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. Like, like talking to someone? I know, right? I'm like an awful kind of person. Just brutal. Just no. brutal. Yeah, that's not. You lost no. some respect here, bro. I you know, know what? I'm changing deserved. my box. Peter Backlund, you're in my penalty box. <laughs> that's deserved. <laughs> hey, Yosh. LOL. LOL. I agree and respect your decision. That's, that's weird, man. I I don't think I've ever done that. I know, right? I'm a fucking weird <laughs> ass person. I mean, Kev's fucking LMAO right now, but or LHAO right now. <laughs> anyway, Jesse, are you sticking to basketball or are you going elsewhere? No, I'm going to stick on the hard court here. And this court was a bit soggy. So I got a King fan who was courtside. 
during the Saturday night game between the Jazz and the Kings. And he had a little bit too much fun. And he ralphed courtside. Oh, come on. Uh... <laughs> now. LOL. Now... <laughs> OMG. OMG. Uh, now, the only thing that uh, worked out for the rest of the the Kings fans was it was on the near the Jazz bench. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it forced a stoppage. So they had to breathe that shit in. Yeah, they moved him across, uh, across the court. <laughs> yeah, it took 15 minutes to lay. But, uh, Gobert was like, he said that he was, he stared right at him. And the, the King fan had smiled and then he puked again and kept smiling <laughs> at Gobert. <laughs> Uh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> oh man! You know uh, what that sounds like to me, Kev? Sounds like he didn't do enough praying to the porcelain gods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make it. Got all the court side. That's I mean, fucking like, funny. You have to watch the Sacramento Kings, so you might as well have a good time doing it. But no, that's too good of a time. <laughs> that's hard to have that good of a time, Fuck, especially. Got to think beers are fucking. Outrageous oh, oh yeah, but probably you're sitting not courtside in Toronto, but <laughs> but you're sitting courtside. That doesn't make the beers probably aren't even that bad for you if you're sitting courtside. No, nah, they're the same price. I've been courtside once. Okay. I mean, great, it's great it's against the Kings. It's the Kings though, so <laughs> like they're not that good. So maybe <laughs> maybe beers are cheaper. <laughs> That's fair. It's still it's still it's still at the Staples Center though, right? <laughs> no, it's at yeah. You're right. It's still the Staples Center. <laughs> Until Christmas Day, it becomes Crypto.com Arena. Yeah. Wait, wait, what Staples Center? What? That's where I was going, but it is still the Staples Center. But they, neither of those teams play at the Staples Center. Okay, then Jesse's off on that. I, I was just following his lead. I, I thought you guys said that they, they, that he, they still play there. No, the LA Kings, the hockey team does. Oh, gotcha. Uh, that should have been a the Sacramento Kings play in Sacramento. <laughs> right. That's what I thought. But I was yeah. thinking basketball for some reason. No, no. Isn't this basketball? Man, you could have taken the point right back from him. I know. I know. I know. Fuck. I know. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. So fucking Ralph, Ralphie McGee there is <laughs> in Jesse's box. That's good. That's good. Quick, Jesse, you're still up one. Say something else stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll hold on. Let's go into the scores, boys. Uh, <laughs> oh, that sounded stupid. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Didn't we say poker was going to give us three? Now, how did Peter poker. get the same as, amount as me? He came in third. I could have sworn poker was going to give us 10, 9, 8. <laughs> Minus, Minus 10. <laughs> that was pretty what? funny, though. <laughs> I was fucking drunk as fuck when we when we started to figure this out at the end of the night. So if I mess that up, you guys can change it. I don't give a fuck. I thought it was three. I thought it was three. I don't even remember. You don't remember because it never happened. So what what happened is we had a poker tournament over the weekend, which was lots of fun. And thanks for hosting us. Yeah, buddy. It was a blast. Yeah, a lot, lot, lot of money went around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and sure. we do, no, we don't illegally gamble. We don't do that. 
And we decided. It's Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin. It's crypto. <laughs> it can be found on crypto.com. Uh, and we found, we decided, okay, we did not decide on how many points and penalties points the winners and losers would get. But we did decide that there would be points on the line. You'd think if we were smart, we would have decided ahead of time who got what points depending on when they finished. We're not, we're not smart. We're not that smart. You probably know that 43 episodes in. Yeah. Especially so, when two of us are fucking minus double digits. <laughs> so all four of the regulars were in the tournament, as well as the two main backups, Graham and DeLon. Uh, and so the order we finished in was Kev won the thing. Bastard. You. You. Jesse came in second. You. I was third. I forget what order Graham Deline Graham was. Graham goes fourth. Graham, Graham was four. Deline was five. And Josh was out within like 10 minutes. It was a little longer than that, but like Whatever. 12, 12 maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured it should be 10 to the winner, nine to second, eight to third, zero for fourth and fifth, <laughs> and minus 10 to last. But apparently that didn't land. So instead we're going with two to the winner. One to second and third. Zero to fourth and fifth. And minus one to sixth. Kevin, if you thought it was three, two, one, zero, zero, minus one, that's, I don't give a fuck. It is what it is. That's, that's on you guys. I mean, we're, we're, we're saying that third and second are the same thing here. I mean, we were pretty (laughs) close. The only reason I went out before you went out is because I went all in just a little bit ahead of time. But isn't that our norm? You were wrong. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We'll go three, two, one. Isn't that our norm, anyways? How we normally do it? Is it three, two, one, zero, zero? No, no, usually it's eight, five, four. No, it's normally two, one, zero, minus one. Is what we had. We had more players, right? That's the fine. only exception is, uh, what do you call it? The name escapes me. Fucking ring toss, but not ring toss. What the fuck am I trying to say? Help me out. New, Newfie you... horseshoes. Horseshoes, <laughs> not horseshoes. Fucking Newfie horseshoes. Can jam? No, man. Washer toss is what he's talking Washer toss. Thank you. You just said what you're like washer toss, but not washer toss. toss. Yeah. Did I say washer toss? Yeah, you did. did. Dude, have another. Take a sip. <laughs> And it, is called, of, it is called Doofy Horseshoes, too. <laughs> the bottle is significantly emptier than when we start. Anyway, uh, so Kevin is plus three, Jesse is plus two, Peter is plus one, and Josh is minus one for poker. As well as Peter is even on this episode for challenges. Kev is minus two, Jesse is plus one, and Josh... Oh, okay. I see what you're saying now. I thought you were talking about the whole thing. Gotcha. Just Easy. calm down. Challenge. Challenge. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Relax your tits there, bud. And Josh salvaged a plus one. So that brings our season totals. If I do a little bit of real quick math. To Peter's at plus nine. Kevin improves. Plus one, so yeah. Improves to minus 15. All right. You'll be fucking back to zero by the time the end of next season comes around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully. Okay, we'll reset it. We're resetting for sure. Uh, Jesse is a fucking plus three on the week for fuck's sake. So that brings him to plus 19 and he's running away. 
Double and Josh Double is dead even on the week and stays at minus 13. So, fuck. That brings us to how our drinks were. So, why don't we go to the fucking serious fucking chip leader here, fucking Jesse, <laughs> and uh, tell us how your drinks were. Uh, so, this Monty's aged rye ale. It's pretty good. It uh, the at the beginning the first one exploded on me, so I lost a little bit there, which sucks. That, but that's it was what she st- said. <laughs> it's a good beer with the smoky caramel vanilla and aged oak wood infused Canadian rye. I would definitely have this again, and I might be sticking to some more ales. These are pretty tasty. All right, we'll go to second. Peter, how was your potent drink? Well, my uh, Crown Royal, Northern Harvest Rye, my favorite whiskey, along with some uh, soda stream and some bitters and some uh, muddled up sugar cubes. It's delicious. I drink it often, probably more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you haven't had Crown Royal, Northern Harvest Rye, costs a little more than the regular Crown Royal, but worth every penny. And I would uh, recommend it to anyone who is a fan of whiskey. I've never had that before. Oh, uh, dude, it's it's the best. I just usually stick to the original crown. It's I've I've gotten the reserve crown before. That was pretty good. No, 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 Jesse. It's the best. All right. Well, I will take your word for it, and I'll go get it next time. After sure. I fit after I finish the crown that I have right now. You can have more than one in the cupboard, you know. I can, but it seems to deplete faster when it's there's when I know there's an extra one. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, it was good. I may be a little more drunk than I should be for a Monday night, but say la vie. Kev, how was your drink? Didn't Kev already do his fucking drink? No, no I didn't. No, I did not. Uh, how drunk are you? My Polynesian saw Salvador. It was, I, I want the honest. I want the honest answer, Kev. Tasty. Uh, yeah, it was a seven point nine percent. I'll just leave it at that. Thanks, Dan, for that. Uh, you know, German beer. Since you are a German man, I'll uh, I'll just leave her at that. Thanks again, though, Dan. I'm gonna pass this on to Yosh. All right. So sure. before. Before I get into how my drink was, I just got a notification and I thought this was fucking funny as hell. So at a Bears game, late after most people had left, uh, the fans that were there started chanting, fire Nagy, fire Nagy, fire Nagy, talking about the coach. Funny, right? So I just get a notification that says things are going so bad on the hard court in Chicago. So they lost 109 to 77 to the Pacers that they started chanting, Fire Nagy, fire Nagy <laughs> at the fucking basketball game. <laughs> oh, I just thought that was fucking hilarious. So anyway, on to my that drink. Is, that is hilarious. But what did I miss? I thought the Bulls were having a great fucking They day. were. They just shit the bed today. I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't watch. I was on the podcast. I didn't watch. No excuse. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I was watching the football game. but <laughs> So anyway, Bellwoods Brewery. My little cat lady IPA, the old 7.2%. Strong beer was a uh, double dry hopped. I like this one right off the hop. 
no, no pun intended there. It was, <laughs> it was, uh, no, really, it wasn't intended. <laughs> this is really I good. I see what you did there. And uh, yeah, I like it. I'm definitely going to get this one again. And I don't give a fuck if you call me a cat lady. So, <laughs> I'll like, do that then. I like my pussy. So. I What a bump. <laughs> Kevin, you we're all fucking excited there. Or are you a little worried? You won't hear that on daytime radio. That's right. Pussy. <laughs> Kev, fuck. We got to get video so people can see Kev's face. <laughs> next year. T- next year. Tune in season two. Yeah. We may be on YouTube. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But we promise not. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see how she goes. All right, guys. That was a fucking long show, but I had a fucking bunch of fun. Best Monday night I've had in a while. It was a long show, but it was a gong show. I loved it. All right. So for everyone here at Points Penalties, I'd like to thank you for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your pods. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week, stay stay out out of the penalty penalty box. box.